Welcome back to the Ecotech Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the one bad play Josh Allen makes, Jay. Join as always as my co-host, the 60 plays no one else can make, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing good. That's good. You know, not the most timely uh, application of that one, Jacko. Well, I, I, on the contrary, I felt it was more timely because it's the last football game in the season on Sunday. Well, actually, it, it'll already be over yeah, when but, this comes out. Yeah, but there's there's one player in particular who's not playing in that game. Well, that's very true. And maybe he could have been if he didn't make one bad play. He should have thrown it to Diggs. If he threw it to Diggs, well, we would have beat the Chiefs. All well, right, that's but, what I'm saying. It maybe it wasn't the best time to pull that one out. I got to wait a whole year to pull it out? Mm-mm, not going to wait. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, maybe. No, I'd forget. Or you could have pulled it out a couple weeks ago when they were still in it, at least. No, because it wasn't up on the. It wasn't. It hadn't risen that high yet. Well, there's, then there's a we way are. I must do these, and by that I mean I just kind of pick one. I can usually pick the top one, or I move it down if I feel like it. <laughs> Incredible. So I'm real. I'm, I'm real glad what happened with the Super Bowl, and we're gonna just do it ahead. I'm glad the Chiefs won. Who knows? I hope the 49ers win. I guess. I'm not glad about either of it though. Yeah, they already played in 2020, and that was a very boring Super Bowl, if memory serves, at least for me. It's like, it's repeating itself, man. Yeah. The we got the 49ers, the Chiefs. Presidential election. We got Biden versus Trump. We got Halo Season know. 2. Well, we got, look at this, things are going crazy. The Olympics bullshit, I guess. What else ever happens every four years? Um, I don't know. The, cic- the cicadas. It's like, it's just, just everything. Just, what's going on? Just, it's a mad, oh, brave new world. Yeah. So anyway, off of that, we'll talk about Halo later. But first, we're going to talk about I Argyle. The bigger the spy, the bigger the lie. And and what's true? And and what a lie it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> what a lie! What was? Uh, that it was going to be a good movie. Uh, it lied well, to me. There it is. Thinking it was going to be a good movie. Um, I didn't like. You weren't. A, you weren't a huge fan here. Yeah, less than a huge fan, you could say. Um, I liked it just fine. I thought it was entertaining enough. Um, I definitely think it's too long. Um, that's for it, sure. There's no reason it couldn't have been turned down a little bit and, and more enjoyable. But overall, I found it I found it pretty enjoyable. I guess you know. Well, not in the ways that it was enjoyable. I, I, <laughs> I guess. So the basic idea of this, yeah, run it down, run it down. Is um, Bryce Dallas Howard is a is it a author, and she writes spy novels. Uh, but she gets caught up in in boiled in a uh actual conspiracy, actual conspiracy here where there's there's espionage agents of of various descriptions who are trying to hunt her down because seemingly her books are capable of uh are, are actually re- reflecting real life in in some way to an extent that it's like we want to track this down so that we can know what's going to happen next in this real life thing for mm-hmm. real they they spin it as she's a fortune teller kind of well, yeah, yeah which well i think you're, i think you're you're allowed we're allowed to believe that for a bit but i don't think they ever really lay it on too heavy i well sam rockwell literally calls her that yeah, but when you actually see it play out, it's much more so just application of logic and like research than it is fortune telling. I guess what I mean is that it's not even that though, based on the, the twists in it, because it's just. Well, I know, but the one scene we have before the other shoe drops, so to speak, where she is like, "I'm gonna write what happens next. I'm gonna find it." It's pretty much just application of like logic and. Right. Yeah. She just kind of figures it out with with yeah logic, not any kind of divine anything. Right. I guess that's true. 
Yeah, but this uh, this one has a lot of somewhat of a meta thing, a lot of literary references with it because it's an it's a book that has a book that comes true, and Argyle is a character, but portrayed by Henry Cavill, as we've all seen the marketing. Um, so that was that was a fun little thing they did for a little bit, but I wish they'd done for longer because they play with it a little bit, especially in the scene that you're talking about. They like cut between her writing it as if it's the book, and then her actually doing it, and then like the people who are chasing her, like trying to figure out as she's figuring it out. I'm like, oh, that's a fun little like cut between them all, and they all kind of fit each other's sentences. It's like, oh, that's a fun little thing. They never did it again, though. Which, I mean, he's in a lot of the action scenes. <coughs> uh, Henry Cavill will just like pop in there, right? Yeah, like and and overlaid with Sam Rockwell. Like, if anything, he actually was in it a little bit more than I thought because I saw going in. I had seen people's reactions were like, it's not in it as much as I thought, or the marketing was a bit... Why is Henry Cavill and Dua Lipa and all the marketing? Hmm. Um, and I guess, um, to be fair, Dua Lipa does die like right away. Like immediately. Yeah. So that's valid, I guess. But I don't know. Henry Cavill seemed to be in enough. And my thing is, I don't I, I don't really understand the argument that like I, I, was, I was misled somehow by the marketing showing... Henry Cavill and Dua Lipa being in this a lot when, to me, the marketing very obviously showed that they wouldn't be in it a lot because it's not actually real ab- about them because they're not real. Yeah, that's. I feel like the trailer itself is very, very clear about that. Very straightforward about what's happening here. So I don't see how anyone could really be deceived unless you're kind of a kind of a real goober. Or you know? they like only watched the first like ten seconds of the YouTube trailer and they just skipped it. Through. Yeah, sure. Clearly, they're just in all of it. But it's like if you watch thirty seconds, it's, it clearly cuts to Bryce Dallas Howard, and they said it was the actual plot of the film. Like I fully expected it. I don't know. It played out exactly like I thought it would. As in, like, oh, here's a this is the cold open of the movie is going to be this whole scene with Dua Lipa and Henry Cavill, and then it's going to be like, oh, this isn't real. Ha ha, we got you. Uh-huh. Except they did that in the trailer itself, even. So it really, like, again, you'd really have to be a goober to get taken in by that. I feel, but. Yeah. The first are not very great green screens in this movie in that cold open, I will say. Like in the car chase or Yeah, in the car chase, especially when he's sliding down or he's driving like, <laughs> like through the buildings and stuff and sliding down the rail. Yeah. That just looks particularly bad to me. Mm-hmm. Usually I don't notice that or maybe I think I notice it more, but I was like, no, it doesn't, doesn't look great. I mean the very nature of that scene is like I don't know. It's it's very heightened, right? Beyond even a normal action movie kind of thing. Like it's it's a parody of James Bond, right? Mm-hmm. Type of thing. It's it's like the most ridiculous. It, yeah, he's like driving a jeep across rooftops downhill, like sliding it's, down the. It's absurd. Yeah, there's not to me. There was like I don't know. It's it. I'm. It's not even attempting to actually pretend to be realistic, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I guess it it didn't really bother me, but so. The the long and short of it here, right, is, you know, you've got your classic globetrotting, um, you know, spy type stuff where they're going to different locations and whatnot. But it's eventually just revealed that Bryce Dallas Howard's character, Ellie, whatever. Conway. Um, Ellie Conway, yeah. The reveal is that she is the, the real Agent Argyle. Yeah. Agent Argyle. Whoa, what a... What a... Rachel Kyle. And she's been, like, um, amnesia'd and, and like... Brainwashed, brainwashed into <coughs> forgetting who she was and believing this is uh, her life. And so it's not so much that she's able to predict anything as much as she's r- remembered the events of which she was a part. Yeah. And as they've like leaked their way into the, her writing here, and she's basically written a series of novels wherein 
uh, Agent Argyle is actually basically her- herself and the events mm-hmm. that she's lived. And so that's that's why she's of of interest. Basically, did you uh, what do you what did you think of the twist here? Um, it was fine. Pretty pretty expected, all things considered. I mean, who else was it? it was going to be the fucking cat? It's true. Uh, it was not going to be the cat. Yeah. I was I was never. F- I never feared that it was actually going to be the cat. Although that was I was hoping it was like the cat. cat. I thought it'd be kind of funny. Uh, I, th- I think it was a fine twist. Uh, I just f- feel like there were too many twists. Too many going yeah. back and doubling backs. And actually, her dad's evil. I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. And it's like, actually, also, her mom's evil. It's like, okay. Also, she's well, Argyle. Okay. Those are all kind of the same twists, though. That's not. It's not really that her mom and dad are evil. I, I mean, you know this. You've seen the movie. Those, those aren't really her parents at all. So, well, I guess that's it's just, true. It's just that the evil guys who pretended to be her parents were evil, which is kind of self-evident. It's not some great betrayal. And then, I mean, I don't know. There's the twist towards the end where she like double agents them, where she pretends that she's evil, <coughs> or that she was evil. I mean, I guess that's a twist. Like, there's a twist that she was. Yeah, that Rachel Kyle was actually a double agent the whole time. And so then, at the end, she plays on that and pretends like she's she's come back fully around to that and is and is ready to be a bad guy again. But she's really not. I guess that's an additional twist. So I, I uh, maybe I see a little bit. But and the and the um, what's it called? The their their friend being still alive. Oh, well, I saw that coming at that point. Well, yeah. I mean, all of them got yeah. They they uh check off gun that pretty good. I feel. And they have a literal truck. I have a little gun, and they don't fire at the end. Little what gun would that be? The shotgun he has that he the Brian, oh the, uh, the Brian Cranston's shotgun. Yeah, good call. He pulls it and goes, I "Oh, mean, there's a gun on fire." And then he fires it immediately, and then he brings out like, "Okay, it's the end." Well, yeah, so that I don't think Chekhov's guns apply. Check the isn't literally the whole Chekhov's gun. If you show a gun in the first act, it has to go off by the third act. He shows a gun in the first act, and it goes off in the first act. That's hardly no. a failing. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I wish. They they just the fired immediately. The gun was set up and fulfilled, Jack. What else do you want from it? But what, what the fuck? In the world? Were we in, introducing new rules to the to the I, equation here? I mean, the rules have to be done satisfyingly. You can you do can call a rule it Jack's again. gun now, I guess, because in Jack's gun, the gun has to be set up in the third act or the first act, and then it can be shot an indeterminate number of times until Jack's satisfied with it. I guess my rule Get is the just fuck out of here. If you do Chekhov's gun, if you do a, any literary like you know rule or whatever, you have to do it um well in an interesting way. It wasn't. That's not really a Chekhov's gun, though. Is what I'm saying. Just not, that's well. That's what I'm saying too. Yeah, I unless thought we're it was taking going the to most be. literal. But why? Like, just because there's well, a gun in this movie. I, I thought they were playing on like. I thought they were going to do more literary plays on it because like okay. she's an author. It's yeah. kind of meta with stories. It's like okay, there's a literal gun. Like they're kind of being tongue in cheek with it. I mean, there's a lot of literal guns in the movie. Ultimately. Yeah, but they're all secret agents. But I mean, like, a gun that's put on, like, a wall. Or, like, this is the gun we're going to point to. I thought it was just going along with all the meta liter- literary stuff. Obviously, that it isn't, which I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that, I, I thought it was going to do that. Because it kind of, I just thought it was going that way. I see. And be more, like, parody-like sure. in some ways. Which it wasn't, which led to my... I guess you're right. I mean, they do draw a lot of attention for it to be a, a largely useless thing. It doesn't really mean anything, does it? No, I'm... He gives a weird speech about it, and the word can't ruin it. It's just, but why? Why do I care? Why do I care? And then he, so, he does bring it out at the end. I'm like, okay, you just can use it at the end, too. Okay, that's fine. And then the cat gets some. That's fine, though. I think the, I think the attempting to use the gun still satisfies Chekhov's gun as well. So. I don't, does it go off? 
Yeah, but I mean, you just say, you you just said the rule was that's actually, the only that's only the most literal interpretation. Obviously, Chekhov's gun is supposed to be a, like a, it's an allegory. Yeah, but this lots is an actual. I'm be, saying that this Chekhov's gun is an actual gun. gun. So the gun going oh, can, off allegorically is the gun firing, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I'm saying that pulling the gun down and using it in a in a, being like I'm gonna sh- loading it and attempting to shoot someone with it pretty much satisfies it. Just because you fail to do it, does it? The whole point about the Chekhov's gun is that you shouldn't be like just forgetting stuff or having superfluous stuff in there, right? If he never touched the gun again, I would I would be more inclined to agree with you. But he picks up the gun and tries to use it. Just because he doesn't get a shot off doesn't mean that it was wasted narratively. That's all. I don't. I just, yeah, I just don't think Chekhov would agree with you here, Jack. That's all. Chekhov's a Russian. Why do I care what he thinks? I don't God, care. I don't for the why, we, why are we doing this whole thing then? <laughs> I don't know. This felt like a good topic. It's not. <laughs> I guess why'd we give any lip service to it then in the first place? The fuck's that guy got? What do you write? Three sisters? What do you write? Fucking I don't know. I don't know what you wrote. It's the only thing I can name. Something with a gun, I assume. Oh yeah, there's a duel at the end of Three Sisters. Oh excellent. Good for three sisters. Do do all of the sisters duel or just two of them? No, it's like two of the sisters' boyfriends duel, you know. Oh. Yeah. One of the I don't know. You know how it is. All Russian shit from that time is about the Napoleonic Wars. That's what they were very worried about it. Natu- <laughs> naturally, <clears throat> yeah. So I think one not. of the sisters' boyfriends or husbands or fiance, you know how it goes. He's a Russian officer, and he gets in a duel with another Russian officer for some reason or another. Probably one of their hands, you know. Yeah, probably or probably he wants two of the sisters, and they they each mm. want one of the they want the one mm. they've got and the, the the spare one. I'm fairly certain the. The fiance is the one who dies because, of course, because Russians and tragedy. And they love the tragedy. That's all they got. Like in um, <coughs> War and Peace, there's also duels, at least one, as I recall. I'd hope to be at least That's one. not Chekhov, though. That's uh, Tol- Tolstoy. Tolstoy's War and Peace. That's his narrative. Isn't it? I don't know his Isn't name. It? It's something. I don't know the War and Peace guy's name. <laughs> you have a Googs here? I guess you. <laughs> It's not super actually relevant to anything we're talking about, is it? But yeah, not really. I think it's Leo Tolstoy, isn't it? Tolstoy, Tol- Tol- yeah, Tolstoy. That's, I mean, I don't speak Russian, but I guess it couldn't have been him. No, he did write. How did he write War and Peace if he died in 1910? Oh, 1910. Jesus, I'll be all right. <laughs> so yeah, Anna Karina, War and Peace. Yeah, yeah. Pinnacles of realistic fiction, Jack. Look at that. Look at that. Never read it. They always, they always forget. See, because like you think Leo Tolstoy, you're right, like old guy, right? Mm-hmm. So I think like, oh, he probably was writing that, like not necessarily firsthand, as in he was part of it, but he had like access to firsthand or secondhand accounts and stuff. This man was born in 1828. He was born like a well over a decade after the Napoleonic Wars were done. What the fuck, Jack? He knew just about as much of it as you and I did. They probably like, even less because he's got 1800s like information. What's his name? Alexandre Dumas. He wrote about the Musketeers. That guy was like 300 years after the Musketeers. The fuck did he know about Musketeers, Jack? Not Get much. out of here. That's what I'm saying. You know, he knew how many there were. Shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't they use muskets more, Jack? The Musketeers. What's that about? Those He's like, oh, swords are better. They're more like, they're more fanciful weapon. They're more fun to write. Yeah, but you know what's better? Guns. That's why they use them. That's why they're the musket. They're called the Musketeers. They're literally an organization named upon the... Whatever. So, Argyle. Um, I like one of the Musketeers. Yeah, that's all right. It's a side cool, you know. That's a what now? It's a side cool. A side cool? Are you talking about the Mickey, Mickey and the Three Musketeers? Yeah, naturally. Okay, that's not an adaptation of the Three Musketeers. That's taking place at the same time as the Three Musketeers. Separately. Yeah, the Three Musketeers, the actual Three Musketeers appear in that movie. 
Do they really? You're not, you're, you're not aware of this? I, I'm not have you not have you not seen it? I've not seen the film. I know of the film. I've not seen the film. It's kind of like the other guys. Oh, okay. Were they like where the Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell are tangentially are doing the same are around the same time as The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, they're the other guys. Yeah, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy are the the actual Three Musketeers are doing like are being legit, and then Mickey, Donald, and Goofy are kind of like, whoa, we're bubbling around. We're not really very good at this. Oh, we'll fight Pete, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You see. So you get it. You I basically guess. see it. So Argyle. But yeah, Argyle. Um, yeah, I think Sam Rockwell is pretty good, eh? I do like Sam Rockwell. He does a little, he does dancing. He does his dancing thing he always does it on the movies he's in. That was kind of a dumb scene, though, where he's just like, oh, and then I've actually found it because I decided to dance for no reason right now. Okay. Okay, Sam Rockwell. Whatever. Uh, I, I, I think he brought, I thought he was very jovial about the head crushing. That was a fun scene. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I do. I do think he's the best part. Um, part I think is real silly is the uh, oil part where uh, she skates around on oil for a bit. I was I was bought in by then. So the action scene pre, pre uh, predecessing prefacing whatever prior proceeding proceeding that's it to that is the hallway shootout. We're dancing and throwing smoke cans and shooting, um, which is also pretty kind of absurd, right? Oh yeah. For sure, but I feel like it primed me to be like, all right, whatever, I'm in, because I thought it was done well and it was interesting to look at at least, right? Was yeah. it a bit goofy? Yeah, but I thought it was fun, and so by that point I was primed to buy whatever. So when she straps, she just steps on two knives and decides that we're gonna ice skate on this oil, some like as if any of that makes sense in combination. I was just down for it, um, and once again, it was it was interesting to look at. She's good at ice skating, and it was cool to see someone skating around just fucking dudes up. So I, I, I was, I was alright with it, you know. I was not convinced. I was not so sure of it. I felt like the ending to this movie is just a lot of like, maybe not contrivance is the right word, but just a lot of like, oh, actually we can't do it this way. We have to do it this way so we can kind of keep this going. And oh, actually we can't send it from here. We got to go down. And oh, we can't send it from here. We got to go up to the top. And we have to hit the big button that says send, and then we can pause it. I was like, alright. Samuel Jackson gets to act for a second, right. and then just watches the Lakers game for the rest. His <laughs> time on. I mean, screen. he's in he's in two scenes basically, and one of them is him sitting at a computer going, "Whoa, come on, hurry, finish!" And then it's paused, and he's like, "Ah, jeez, come on, <laughs> I can't believe it paused." And then it resumes, and he's like, "Yeah, woo, let's go!" <laughs> he just does that, like it just made Samuel Jackson react for a few minutes at a screen. Yeah, and like my God, he did it though, didn't he? And I and I paid him some amount of this two hundred million dollar budget to do it. I'm sure a larger portion than you might guess. Yeah. Um, she gets like a, a uh Winter Soldier, Manchurian Candidate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier there a bit at the end, and she almost kills him. But then it's I guess true love wins or whatever. Though not really. It's mostly just like they kill the woman and smash the box. So. Yeah, she he didn't. There's a moment where like the box runs out of juice, and then he's like, "Oh, Ellie, you're back." Shoot the lady. You know she's there. Both of you shoot her. One of you shoot her with the gun in your hand. Yeah, but she nah, but she rounded back up real quick. The guns weren't on the no. The they had already dropped their guns because of their previous fighting by that point. Why do they have guns in their hands? They have guns on them in some way. Extra guns. Well, they're secret agents. Well, yeah. Well, you can't. Or, or a grenade or something to throw. If you're gonna, oh, Jack, if you're gonna start asking about why characters in movies don't have more guns than oh, we'll be here all day going down a slippery we'll be here all day exactly uh, i did, i gotta love when san Rocco gets shot through the chest with a gun and he's like I'm, I'm ready actually i'm backing up and ready to go well they explained it pretty, pretty oh, they directly. it's a it's still a silly it still should be a sucking chest wound yeah it's, like I, I i can believe that like okay 
if you if it doesn't hit anything and it passes right through, he's not like dead, and you kind of plugged it. But then he's like, well, he, he he's doing a lot of he's doing a lot of nonsense. He's running around. He's doing dance moves. What the he fuck did they call that? She look if it's a real thing. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't. I I thought I didn't look it up. I should have. But I was like, is that real? Yeah. I was thinking about today. It's like, is it, if it's Probably real, not, I don't complain right? about it too much. But if it's something they just made up, so they could shoot Sam Rockwell in the chest. I mean, it seems unlikely. Was it, was it like the cardiac corridor or something? I think yeah, something corridor, cardiovascular corridor or something like that. It seems like no. If only for the reason of like you would have heard of it from action movies by now, right? Yeah, they would have done it in John Wick Four for sure. There was a spot you could shoot somebody in the heart and it didn't actually hit their heart. Um, I think we would have known about it by now. Absolutely. Someone would have told us. Yeah, this is the vascular corridor. But I can't find any reference to the vascular corridor outside of Argyle. So. Damn. They're ahead of their time. It's like primary water. Also, bolts are kind of big. The big thing. And they're wide. They probably get through that. That corridor can't be that wide. Well, especially pistol bullets are like wider and, and they're you know, when they hit you, even like the outside of your, they're, they're not like perfectly bullet shaped anymore because they start to get all smooshed and stuff, you know? Mm. So I don't think that's really how any of that works. But I like to, I'll, I'll, I'll choose to believe. <clears throat> You'll choose to believe this? For the sake of Argyle. For the sake of Argyle. What a, what a film. It's, we were looking through it. There's also a random end credit scene to set up sequels in the universe or like a whole cinematic Argyle. Yeah, it's universe. a whole, it seems to be a whole. A whole convoluted thing, which I wasn't expecting. Um, so I sat through and watched this, um, mostly by accident, just because it was played pretty quickly. I guess you fucking bolted out of there with this. Well, it was late at night. I had a speed of Hermes himself. Well, I didn't like the movie, and I and it was late, so I didn't want to go home and go to sleep. Whatever you need to tell yourself there, Jacko. But you were gone with the wind. Um, I managed to catch it. <coughs> oh, jeez. And w- what it seemed to be, and it, I didn't fully understand this when I first. When I, when I watched it, but then we were reading about an article that seemed to explain it, but it's a scene of a guy going to a bar and, and, and giving the bartender a code phrase, and then he gets a gun, and the gun's like, the guy's like, what's your name? And he's like, Aubrey Argyle, and, and, but he's like, he's like young, and so it's like, what is this? Who, what is this? So is Argyle real or not? And then it says, Argyle book one, the movie coming soon or something. So it seems to either be an in-universe trailer for a movie for the first book, right? Which kind of fun, right? Whatever. Um, yeah, fun little cheeky not the end. Like, oh, look at her book is getting adapted into a movie, or it could be an actual trailer for a movie of of you know that description, as in like a a fictional in universe movie about a gener- where it is just a a uncomplicated non meta right story of Agent Argyle doing a spy adventure. Um, but it, but actually made into a real movie by Matthew Vaughn, I guess, and he said he would want to do that. I guess if it's successful. So, but then he also says he wants to do an Argyle too with like the actual characters and the and the meta stuff. So I, I guess he's got oodles of plans for his Ar- potential Argyle universe here. His his expanded universe of Argyle. There's a there's an interesting part at the end where like she's signed the end because the whole thing is like oh I gotta finish my last book. They're all trying to get the ending of our fifth book, the the final Argyle story, and she finishes it. And the end of the movie is just her like reading the last book and like oh answering questions, and all the characters are there, and Sam Rockwell's there, and uh, the lady who is the other agent who wants to be the next Steve Jobs is there. Which you know, 
Steve Jobs didn't actually invent any of that stuff. So does she, does she actually just hate her wife? Who knows? Um, and then like yeah, I think what he meant, what they meant by that was like tech company refusing to treat your cancer. And yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. Dying painfully and, and from a ultimately rather preventable form of cancer, actually. They're treatable, I should say. Like turtlenecks a lot. And wearing turtlenecks a lot. Yeah, that. Those two things. Eating fruit instead of getting chemo and uh, wearing turtlenecks. And by God, she did it. Can't take that from her. <laughs> no, we can't. And then... Um, but no, you're Campbell... right. I... Yeah, I forgot about this detail. <laughs> Henry Cavill stands up and he's like, I've got a question. I don't remember the rest of his line, but he's like, he looks like a... They made him look like a nerd. He's like, I don't... Uh, he's like, I don't... I don't know. He doesn't say per se. <laughs> There's no way he says per se. But, exactly. but basically he, says something, he says something to the effect of like, I don't have a question exactly, but do you have a couple for me? It's that. That's what he says. That's what he says. And it's yeah. and he's Agent Argyle? Yeah, I don't quite have a question exact or I don't have a question, so to speak. You know, something to that effect. Like mm. I don't have I don't strictly have a question, but do you I'm gonna stand up at the end of this movie. Also has, he has like an American accent, right? Or like even like a southern accent. Yeah, yeah he's got like a weird drawl to him. A Sean can ask a drawl. But somehow, so that implies that so this guy is a real man of some some kind. But it, also, somehow, he knows that he's the basis for the character or whatever. If the character's real, oh my god! I guess she, just based upon like the cartoon, like you know, marketing version of him that she's, but like that wouldn't really make sense, would it? A little doll that's like a weird, yeah, like, a little doll feature. Surely, you wouldn't be like I. I look so similar to that doll that you must have based it upon me, right? Me, Southern draw man. With braces, because he he couldn't know what her you know visions of him look like. No, yeah, I forgot. So I guess that's setting up Argyle too, you know, down the road. Yeah, and and the Argyle actual movie. So it's a very it was a very strange way to end the movie, and then but, then to go right to this end credit scene of just another strange and confusing thing. Oh, also, yeah, I, in when we talked about that, I didn't mention like Argyle is a real book that you could buy as well, which is. Again, like just a book about Asian Argyle doing like it's, you know, the first Argyle book, right? As written in this, you know, in the universe here, which is just a, a story about the Agent Argyle going on a James Bond-esque secret agent mission. Yeah, with John Cena. Yeah, well, I guess with the John Cena guy, probably. So there's that, too. That's yeah. a real book you can buy and read. Which if you want to buy it. Taylor Swift maybe wrote it? Apparently that was a theory, but. I don't know why that. Why would, would that theory. be a theory? She writes songs, and she's, doing, she's too busy watching Chiefs games. Well, this was well before the Chiefs thing. To be oh, fair, I guess that's true. Before they changed the script. So you, you were pretty negative on it. I was pretty positive on it. You want to talk about some of the reactions to it? Yeah, sure. So thirty-nine on Rotten Tomatoes as of um, prior Morning. release. Let's check what it's at. No, no, that was like prior to release or like wide release. I think that was the critic score. Let's, or at least as of a couple weeks ago or days ago. Who knows? Time is a face on the water. No. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. So th- I was right. This was before release. Before it had an audience score, the critic score was thirty nine. Um, let's just see what it's at now. Even though, insert Rotten Tomatoes explanation here. Now it's not at thirty two. Seventy one audience though. So I'm with the I'm I'm with the people's champion this week. I don't know. I'm the critics crusader this week. I guess. Yeah, you're you're in the pocket of the stupid critics. Big fucking idiot. Hey. You stupid, pretentious nerd. Does that feel good, Jack? It does. You agree with all them fat cats? God. You know, they hated Jesus because he too spoke the truth. Let that, well, let's marry on that for a minute, huh? Yeah. And the truth being, in this case, that Argyle's a decent movie. 
you're the you're the bad guys, Jack. You're Pontius Pilate. You're the Pharisees and the Sadducees or whatever the fuck they're called. And you're dragging me down for 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 having fun sometimes. If anything, you're Barabbas, and I'm Jesus. And I never, I don't remember what he did. So, well, well Barabbas is the like extremist, the zealot who Pontius Pilate's like, I can release Barabbas, the zealot who oh, hates yeah. Rome, or I can release Jesus. And they're like, fucking give us Barabbas. No, like he's like the people said, and the hands are tied. Go hang him to a tree or whatever. Yeah, well, um, you're King Herod or whatever. So fuck you. Fuck you're um, and you're the one who, who like fucks me, and I'm Jesus, and I spoke the truth. So take that. I don't think Herod fucks anybody in the Bible. Well, doesn't he? Not the, not explicitly. He kills a lot of babies though. He's definitely killing babies in the Bible. Oh, he thinks they're Jesus. No, he's he's really not a fan, huh? And then they have to flee to Egypt. No, not that one. The his successor, Harold Two Electric Boogaloo. Because they don't, they don't send him to him, and they're like, if this guy says you're good, then you can be good too. Because there's like six different instances where it's like Jesus might get out of this, and each time they gets fucked. Yeah, it's not even. It's not even Easter yet, Jack. There's no time. That's so, nice. um, this has caused it for some reason. This movie has caused a reaction in people, and I and I we talked about this. You and I did off off show a, a few weeks ago, but you know before it came out even. Um, that it had generated this reaction for some reason, right? Do you do you remember what I told you about the, the comparisons this was drawing for one reason or another? Oh no, I don't. So repeat it again for me and the audience. So um, hold on, I'm trying to find it. So the first one I had found this is from week. This is when the trailer came out actually, and it was um. I don't know how to describe this Deadpool slash Bullet Train slash Gray Man ass genre, but Lord, I hate it. This is just a random person on Twitter, but it was a it was a uh, sort of sentiment that I saw. Comma, what were you gonna say? I, I was saying I do remember this. I was just oh yeah, yeah. right. So, <coughs> so how do you feel about that uh, assessment? Do you do you agree with it at all? That, I think I remember. I think I remember we talked about the time. And I don't. I I can understand what the the author is attempting to convey with those films they've chosen. I do not think they... I don't, I don't think they're using the best choices in film. Uh-huh. I, so what do, you, what, do you think, what do you think that is? Like what they're trying to convey? I think they're trying to convey like... Um, like a... Like a bad... I don't know, like a, a action... Like uh, parts of each. Like how Deadpool is kind of sarcastic and like point... Breaking the fourth wall, point the, point the audience, kind of wink... Um, how Bullet Train is like kind of like a new age kind of action thing, and then how the Gray Man was just kind of bad. So I think it's taking sure. aspects from all of those. The Bullet Train one I don't see as much, but the other two, I would, I that's what I think they're trying to go for. Again, I don't think they're great comparisons, even though I, I don't love Deadpool and I don't like the Gray Man at all. I like Bullet Train much more. Than I like this. That's movie. the thing. So there was a comment. <laughs> that's the thing. So I've again, I've seen as this sentiment or something similar. I got a couple more, but repeated quite a bit. Um, and then I've also seen quite a bit where people's only um, where people will agree, but then be like, "But not Bullet Train, though." Hey, come on. <laughs> so like Bullet Train one. seems to be the most beloved of those, at least, because Bullet Train is a common thread, right? So that one, that one I said was right. Deadpool, Gray Man, Bullet Train, mm-hmm. this. Um, then this person says, I hope this is the final nail in the coffin for these Reddit movies. So this person's characterizing Argyle as being among a crop of, of what they would describe as Reddit movies. And then they said, anyone asking, um, a Reddit movie is, and I think the best way to describe it is, any movie post-2016 that Ryan Reynolds is in or could conceivably be in. 
I have no idea if Ryan Reynolds makes a cameo in Argyle, but he seems like he would fit in. That's a Reddit movie. That's a bit scary. I don't. I have. I have no fucking clue what this really means. Um, yeah. I don't feel very strongly about it one way or the other. I'm not gonna listen. I use Reddit, I guess, probably more than most people. Um, but I don't think I feel like Reddit gets more is getting more and more popular, probably or not, whatever. But there is this. I, I feel tell. like I, I see a sen- sentiments like this quite a bit, right? Mm. People like to make fun of Reddit. Which it's very enough. they make it very easy. You're you're not wrong about that, Jack. But that's the thing about Reddit. It's got some good stuff on it. You have to wade through it all. That's the price you got to pay. That's well, what basically we you just don't got to go to the fucking cringe ones. It's true. If you that's just true. go to like, Reddit, Reddit if you just go like so than... the fucking paleontology one, you'll probably find. I mean, they're probably kind of nerdy, but like they'll be like, "Let's look at a dinosaur bone I found." And be like, "Well, that's cool," and they'll just talk about fossils. And that one's just like normal people. Go on our slash dank memes. You're asking for trouble. Reddit is exactly what you make of it, right? More so than I think almost any other uh, social media. You, you get oh, to it. You completely. There's no like. Well, I mean, not that there's none, but by and large, it's not forcing stuff onto you pretty much at all. It's just exactly what you choose to follow and and, mm. and stuff engage with. So in that sense, it's pretty. You know, I think I saw a tweet that was pretty fun. I'm not gonna be able to find it on short notice now, probably. But <laughs> it was because, like, you know, the increasingly common thing where, like, when you go to Google something, because Google's getting simultaneously, Google's getting worse, right? Yeah. Like, Google searches are are literally becoming inferior because <coughs> of like ads and stuff. Oh yeah, and um. So there's a, a like a lot of people literally will Google stuff and then just write Reddit at the end and then you go like find Reddit results for it. <laughs> yeah, they find the. But then people want to people want to make fun of Reddit, like I was saying, and it's like, listen, you gotta take the good with the bad, man. And you gotta take the like cringe doggo heckin' Keanu Reeves wholesome plus a hundred shit, and then you get your niche coding problem from eleven years ago. Exactly. So. Exactly. Which way, Western man? You can't go there for the get the answers without accepting the goofiness. All right, yeah. that's the price we all have to pay. Okay, that's the trade-off. We're all that's we all agreed to it. We download the funny orange robot man. Exactly, that's the implicit agreement. But to say, but to answer the original point, while we got on this Reddit tangent, I I think yeah, I think that's too vague of a term to be a movie that Ryan Reynolds could be in. So any movie, I don't. He could theoretically be in any film ever made, any that he was alive for. Yeah, I don't personally see that correlation either between ryan reynolds and reddit um and that also just seems like such a unbelievably vague term right yeah movie any movie movie. ryan reynolds is in or could conceivably be in the fuck Even, i think they, you're just describing netflix originals uh, did you are you confusing reddit with netflix that must be. what a reddit movie is the yeah. netflix movie i agree because he's in a lot of those netflix movies he was in red six Note. underground and shit red notice yeah adam yeah. project Exactly. But what does that have to do with Reddit? Very little. You know? I thought so. Oh, here it is. I found it. I found it. Doesn't matter which re- subreddit, even for my objectively cool hobbies, which <laughs> that's a weird thing to even try to, uh, but fine. Okay, Twitter man. The whole site is completely unusable because of this horse shit. And then it's that thing where like, you know, like, uh, you know how it is on Reddit. Someone will make a good comment and then like everyone's replying to that comment is just like, Making jokes or doing weird references or something, right? They'll be making, they'll be so like, making weird subreddits, and so it's like the first person, right, does like a real comment, and then everyone responds to him. In this specific example, is doing Lord of the Rings references, and he's like, "Oh, it's unusable," and it's like, "Why is it unusable? You got your answer. Just ignore all the people making jokes underneath, right?" And making like, that little button, which takes you right down to the next parent comment. We uh, all know. Come on, that's what I do. 
And this person said, you can't get autistic level advice without enduring autistic level humor. It is the price of excellence. It is how you show your dedication to your craft. <laughs> you can seek insight from the normie and it may be correct, but the normie can only cast shadow on the cave wall. It is the <laughs> autist who holds the torch. <laughs> and I think that's beautiful, Jack. That's beautiful in its own way. All right. My final submission here is this person uh, also on Twitter who said coworker movies. Now their selections here. Ready? Are Argyle, Saltburn, again Bullet Train, and Free Guy. Okay, Again. now this now this person's cooking more than the first yeah? guy. All right, all right. This is definitely a coworker movie. This is a movie that like <laughs> your coworker you would be like, especially if they knew that you were into movies, which has happened to you before, I think. Oh yeah. So like, this is definitely a movie that your annoying coworker, um, whose name you're I don't know and don't yeah, care, you're probably right. Would be like, you see, fucking Argyle. It was like better than Oppenheimer. They weren't talking all the time. At this point, my coworkers know I see enough movies where they will just say it about lit, truly any movie. I, I've I've transcended the coworker movie phenomenon, I suppose, because they'll just go, "Well, if it's a movie, he must have seen it," and they're often correct. They're often at very this point because we see lots of movies nowadays. But I had a <laughs> I had a problem one time. Fernando and Tommy saw Silent Night, um, yeah. where I was going to see a movie with a good friend of the show Jeff Gonzalez does our logo, uh, and he's like, "Want to see a movie?" And I was like, "I don't know." And I looked, I'm like, "I've seen all these movies." <laughs> He's like, no, I haven't seen Silent Night. And I was like, yeah, I just talked about it. He goes, but I didn't say it. I go, no, the episode hasn't come out yet, but I, I did talk about it. Rest assured, I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, I want to throw okay, my... What about those others? Saltburn is a, is a co-worker-coded movie? I think I would it's on Amazon it is. Yeah, once it became on it. Yeah, you're exactly right. Then it really... But again, Bullet Train's in here again. Definitely Bullet Train. Free Guy. Free Guy makes more sense to me. The weird thing about our guy here, and this is how you know that all the people who've, who've made... All these... Uh, these three different posts that I've described, right, are um, they're they're online movie people because oh, they're yeah. the only types of people making these sorts of observations. Ultimately, uh, the thing about our guys, I don't think it's really going to fit into any of these categories as like a oh a movie your coworkers talk to you about or a, oh I mean maybe I guess the the other two, but it, all I'm saying is it's not. It turns out it's not actually a very popular movie at all. Mm, it's not yeah. really making any money, so. I don't think it's going to have much of an impact. Want to have any sequels? Uh, it's not looking that way. Unless Apple just wants to throw more fake money at it. Because why the fuck okay. not? They're in their spending up phase of, of you know, the, this whole thing. Yeah. They're in their early days. I think they're still early enough in their streaming stories that they're just throwing money at it. They're not yet falling off the cliff of like, holy shit, when are we going to make some of this back? Oh my god. Oh my god I'm, I'm panicking. It back. Nobody's, no, nobody cares about Apple TV+. Plus. I mean, it seems like maybe we should, man. They made like half the movies we watched last year. They, they, and they seem to have some actually really good shows. But um, we've talked about it before. They're the last, they're, they're the final beach we have to, to storm, right? If I do it, I, I'm truly lost. Apple TV is the last holdout for us where we're like, God, should we pay for Apple TV as well? I can't. God, I just don't know if I can bring myself. No. I had a fun review. I had a fun review from Letterboxd. Uh, yeah. Well, let me finish this. Real quick. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, everyone getting mad at me for this is the coworker, by the way. So. Um, if you tried to protest Jack on account of you actually liking Bullet Train, then you're, you're you've lost. Why are they gonna do Bullet Train like that though? Everybody liked Bullet Train. I, that's what I thought too. It's Bullet Train seems to be a divisive movie on um, film Twitter. Film Twitter. Those people yeah, yeah. are awful. Honorable mentions. You ready? The menu. Don't look up. Everything everywhere all at once. And Dungeons and Dragons are all coworker movies. Apparently, honorable mentions at least. The menu. The menu. 
Jack, I got nothing. I can see the D and D one. I liked that. We liked that movie, but I can understand that. I can understand where they're coming from. Not maybe I don't totally agree. I, I, I don't know if I can. At this point, I feel like I've lost the plot of what a coworker movie might be. But the menu? That's an odd. That's, Honestly, that's... to me, the most coworker movies on here are Saul Pern and Don't Look Up, purely on account of streaming accessibility, right? Yeah, and everybody, nobody goes. To everybody kind of watches. Yeah, these are all movies from the past, what, three years? Yeah. Nobody goes to the movies anymore. No, really, when people called in the fucking theater to um, whatever up. You're, yeah, the only time your coworker is going to ever talk to you about a movie is if it's on streaming that they watch yeah. at home. Like Extraction 2. That's, that's a coworker movie. I agree. And they go, why do so many of you like Bullet Train? And then, by, by far, the funniest responses to this tweet have been people saying, hey, come on, man, this... Uh, parentheses, this movie isn't like the rest of those, but about every single movie here, <laughs> which I totally believe. It's kind of what we're doing now, but I can totally imagine that in this, there's every, literally all of these being like, oh, well, yeah, you're right, except the menu's not a come on, the menu's good. On, I like the menu. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, I think you'll notice they didn't actually make any any real statements about the quality there in any of those movies. No, they so that it's a movie that your coworker would watch. So if you take that to heart and immediately start being like, actually, Bolt Train's good, though, then yeah, maybe they got you. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they revealed yourself. Because they never said Bolt Train was bad, strictly. They just said they're all co-worker movies. All right, go off, Jack. Oh, yeah, that's just the top Letterboxd review. It was just a uh, guy sitting next to me leaned over and told me that this was, his, this was the best movie he has ever seen. Say a prayer for him tonight. Good for that guy. And then finally free of this trailer playing in front of every damn movie. Which <laughs> I can relate to more than anything. Because... As we I don't think we got this one as much as some other ones, but that's true. We we didn't see as many movies in a row though. How many? Or actually, well, we saw like twelve movies in the month of December. January. I I guess I couldn't remember. I guess I was only thinking of this calendar year. I was like, wait, it also played in December. So I must have. You think that. it mostly played in December? Yeah. Let me see. I can't remember. I am. I am gonna think about that guy who says our guy was the best movie he's ever seen. That is interesting. I saw a tweet that went viral for people arguing with it and agreeing. With, you know, as as tweets do. Of course. And it was like, basically the gist of it was, um, oh, geez, what was it? Oh, it was, a, so it was, okay. This, we're several layers deep. You ready? It was a TikTok that was like, here's like 10 foreign movies you should see, right? To be whatever, to, you know, to know. To 10, 10 international movies everyone should see. And then the person under this TikTok said, I don't think I've seen 10 movies in my whole life, haha. And then the person had screenshot all of this and put it onto Twitter to say, you should remember that this is how like most people are, <laughs> and I think there's I think there is probably something to be said for that. Obviously, it's exaggeration. That's that's a bit of hyperbole, right? And the person mm-hmm. saying that I think was making a joke by saying they've only seen ten movies. But I think there is value in in being aware of that just a little bit. Yeah, I think Joker doesn't see a lot of movies. He's not a big movie guy. Well, I think a lot of people don't. I tr- yeah. I truly think that most people don't at this point. Everyone in my life who isn't you doesn't really see movies. So watch movies or see, like not only not go out to the movies to see them, but I just think watch less movies than we yeah. do. Have, have have a drive to watch movies. Even if you like tomorrow turned off all the movie theaters kind of thing, we would still be watching movies. Um, yeah, we'd be seeking older movies. Yeah. Yeah. Given That's the, the choice, I will probably watch a movie. Watching a movie is probably my option of like if it's reader book, watch a movie or watch a TV show. I'll probably just watch a movie. Yeah. Here it was fifteen. If you've seen 15 out of 20 of these international films, you have elite taste. And this person says, I don't think I've watched 15 movies in my life. <laughs> and it's always good to keep in mind this is what most people actually... And again, that's obviously putting it... Uh, that's kind of the other extreme, right? Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, sometimes film tweet film Twitter can get lost in their own sauce. When we're arguing over what is and isn't a coworker movie, and it's like, hey, actually, most people haven't seen any of these. Actually, yeah, like no, the movie that the thing that it's probably what it comes down to is that whatever movie you think is like the most normy movie on the planet, it's still probably not been seen by half yeah. most people, right? Like absolutely. So yeah, it's and the most normy. Yeah. went on a little longer. We thought for our guy. Eh? Yeah, maybe, maybe a little. Done. But good thing the next topic won't go nearly as long, right? We'll have to see. Oh, not the rag. Uh, we'll have to act attack uh, out of Argyle into Halo. Halo Season 2, baby. Woo! They did it. They fixed it all, Jack. It was Sanctuary and Sword, I think it was. Yeah. Good call, Jacob. <sighs> and the, well, the good news is we're 25% done with the whole season. Just like that. Just like that. And so, you know, coming into this, uh, somewhat a significant portion of the the marketing for this season seemed to be centered around how they fixed it and it wasn't ass anymore and they were kind of like pretty much in, in some of the interviews and stuff were pretty much directly like hey guys we know last season sucked but this one's better we promise um he swears it the main guy even paul paulo schreiber there went even went so far as to be like this is basically a reboot it's so different it's basically like we went back to square one and you're like okay which that in and of itself isn't actually that great of a sign you know what i mean it's kind of a it's kind of a double-edged sword sort of thing. <laughs> in the sense that, like, it's good to hear, I guess, that, like, oh, wow, we're basically starting over. But it's also really, it's not great if you have to say that at all, right? Yeah, it'd be like, actually, that's good news. <laughs> You've already failed. And they have already failed with season one. Oh, yeah. But despite, I guess despite myself, I actually let myself buy into some of this and, and became excited. And I was like, maybe they're going to fix it. Um, and then some of the early... Um, reactions were good, and well, and not so early, right? So we've got the first two episodes out, and the um, you know, we talked about this before the show, you and I. The critic score on Rotten Tomatoes remains at ninety four percent, and I just don't get it. I don't get it either. You know, all that's to say that I was coming into this more optimistic than I had any right to be. Uh, really, that's how I feel, at least. Like, you know, we 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 knew we watched the whole first season, and didn't like it very much. So the fact that I was even like contemplating this being kind of good I, i'd managed again to get my hopes up a little bit for then this to be what we get and this is what everyone's reacting to being like actually it is good they fixed it i don't get it because i feel like i was given it more than its fair shake i was i was i wanted to like this you know i do know uh, i didn't i knew it was gonna be bad uh, from pretty much the start i had no faith in this i was like they're gonna find some way to fuck this up and lo and behold almost immediately uh I was like, yep, this is kind of how it's going to be. Now, did I do that thing I always do where I decide something's bad and then I watch it taintedly? Absolutely, I did. But to be fair to, be fair, to, be fair to everything else, Halo was already bad. I already knew Halo was bad. That's true. It's, not, you, it's hard. You can hardly say that it, you're not being fair to it when the reason you're predisposed against it is because you've watched the first season of it, right? Yeah, That's... I give it nine hours to prove itself and it failed every single time but i guess what i'm trying to say is that i don't think that's where i was right right i don't think i was doing that thing where i was predisposed against it because i was kind of predisposed towards it and well not really i mean again i watched the first nine hours as well and and knew what i was getting into but again i i was more open maybe than that and i still was found myself very disappointed because i think i honestly think it's because i opened myself back up again you let, Jack, you I, let I let it in I, let, I, I tried to trust again, and that's how they got me. 
because I was like, all right, guys, if you say so. And then it's not. It's not any different. So basically, the, the opening is pretty good, I think. Right. So we, we get some actual classic good old John Halo action. Right. We're on a planet. We're trying to evacuate it because the Covenant are coming. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of goofiness. Here. I don't get this like witch lady who's like, oh, I have my magic or whatever the fuck. What? I can see the future. I Who can't... are you? We yeah, have to stand and defend from? this planet. What? I don't know. I don't know why we have weird human mystics. I don't know why, like where they come from. That's not anything I'm familiar with. Or, I, and it's one of those things. Again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna saying this a lot about these two episodes. Probably that, like, oh, it's not in the books or the anything. But that's not inherently a flaw, right? Something not being in a thing or or doing something differently in the show from the established stuff. And, you know, I know it's a different timeline and all, but mm. it's one of those things where if you're gonna do it, I guess there should be a reason, right? Like it should be a choice that is at least vaguely interesting. (laughs) I would hope. At the bare minimum, right? If you're going to make a change, at least the change should be interesting. The best. And I I don't know that it was. The best I can gather from this is that this is meant to be John's arc is to get faith. Cause it's like, I've seen your death and you got to have faith. But like, what the fuck is that? Like, do they mean literal from how was it literal? I mean, faith literally is just a, it just is religious, right? Like, what other context can you really have faith? You don't really call it faith if it's not, like, right? I mean, I guess it's kind of the same as hope. Like, they're kind of synonymous, but you just don't really say faith unless you mean a religious kind of belief, like, yeah, legitimate belief system, which is insane that if they're actually trying to, like, uh, yeah, I feel like we're supposed to agree with her, right? Yeah, we're supposed to be like, like, oh yeah, well, Master Chief doesn't believe in anything, does he? Oh, geez, he needs to find <coughs> faith in himself and faith in the system again, or something. But like, why? Like, is this show really trying to convince you that Master Chief needs to be religious? Basically, like, what the fuck? You know, in the in Halo, the franchise, which is you know primarily concerned with fighting a war against alien monsters, a, a, an alien, well, race, but explicitly. Um, you know, genocidal alien zealots. Like that's their whole thing. The whole war is predicated upon religion. Although we wouldn't know that because we've never they never actually show us anything about those fucking primary antagonists of the show. But No, no, we don't need to know about them. Anyways, we do all the stuff with the witches or whatever the fuck, and then there's like they're like, Oh, we lost this team. So Chief runs over there and he gets them and it and it's a bunch of elites who are attacking this relay, but then they leave. Um mysteriously he yeah, fights he a bunch but then there's many many more and then they just decide to leave him and go okay fine um again the action here i think is pretty fine um i enjoy i actually quite enjoy that the spartans feel very super in this right mm-hmm. the section where they're running they're like leaping super far they really feel like super soldiers in a way that sometimes the games don't even necessarily right sometimes if you're playing the games just as master chief you don't necessarily feel it right yeah, you got no because you're just him the whole time. You got no like you're him the whole time. And there's so t- I guess the thing, not that you're. I mean, listen. Obviously, uh, Spartans are crazy in the games. Don't get me wrong. You can do crazy shit in those. But I think the thing is that if you're being honest, right? In most video games, you're playing some version of a super soldier, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's whether it's supposed to be or not, right? Even games where you're playing a, you know, I'm just a World War II grunt. Those guys are still ridiculous, right? Oh yeah. So. Maybe it's not as pronounced, but when you see it in a show like this, and it's like, yeah, look, at they're just like sprinting at crazy speeds across long distance, or again, they're like doing massive jumps. I think that's interesting. Um, I thought the, the fights here was pretty good. They don't do any of the goofy first-person stuff. Um, so, overall, I, 
this is like opening 15 minutes of the episode here or whatever. Not even probably like, yeah, probably around. No, I think so, it's, like, it's about 15. It's, yeah, 15. it's just a whole like, wow. cold open. Babe, beauty. 15 whole episodes or 15 whole minutes. Wow. Yeah, and then glass the plant. What a treat. We see him actually good boy. it. Yeah. Um, which I guess is interesting. Uh, the, the people walk into the fire or whatever. I don't know what those fuck those people are fucking on. They, they're in like, they have some weird thing where they're like, well, you can't, it's leaving your planet when it's in peril. It's like leaving a child. It's like, bro, there are like aliens coming to kill you. What the fuck are you on about? I gotta say though, despite even this scene, I feel like one of the things that this show has failed completely at, right? I mean, I think it's fair to say so because we are into the second season now. So it's, it just hasn't happened, right? Is I feel like it hasn't. Well, really, it hasn't established almost anything. I came to realize. <laughs> I was thinking about this like leading up to season the other day, but I feel like none of the characters are really established. You know, and the side ones that is right. Yeah. Um, a lot of the just the concepts. I don't. I just don't think the world is very much, but specifically the Covenant, I don't think are very established as a threat because we don't see very much of them in the first season, right? Yeah, they don't do a whole lot. I don't feel like this and sometimes and i've and i've seen people argue against this point this week uh about the second season you know coming out here which is like oh well it tells you right so when they after this scene right which again we do technically see a planet being glassed right and then there's like a briefing where keys tells them that other planets have also been glassed right yeah but it's that feels very much like tell not show right yeah, they're just like, oh, and also these things are happening everywhere. That's the threat. I just don't know if it's something that you can really appreciate. Mm-hmm. I just need to, I don't know, it's, it, it needs to be framed differently. It needs to be, because the thing is, and I know the timeline's probably different or whatever, because again, it is a new thing, but they're at the, like the end of the war, right? Human Humanity is at this point literally on its last legs, and I just don't think anything about this show ever really conveys that. No, everyone's kind of just hanging out. The idea that at this point, dozens of human worlds have been glassed. Billions and billions of people are dead. Humanity is down to the inner colonies and Earth, right? Um, you know, reaches in the inner colonies. It's their last stronghold, right? It's the, it's the center of it all. That's why the fall of Reach is such a big deal. And I just don't know if this show really conveys the idea that humanity is on the, again, the, the, its last legs, right? Mm. The, like, we're in the closing movements of a almost 30 year long war which humanity is losing i just don't know if you get a sense of that like urgency or the the desperation right like that's what halo is all like founded on. that's kind of the whole vibe of the entire series i feel yeah. right is just like you know rage against the dying of the light type of thing that is just not really, not really shown present here. at all in this show right yeah, I yeah don't know. It, it feels very much like like ah eh, well it feels like now the tipping point is starting it was like season one, right? Like, oh, the Kevin has showed up. Oh, they're a problem. We got to figure that out. And now it's, it's like, like, yeah, ooh, they're, it's like they're just they're these vague kind of hassle. Like, oh, those Covenant again. They killed a couple of us. Whoopsies. Instead of like, I mean, there's that, and I, some of this is kind of on brand for the lore or, or different, definitely depending on the kind of point in the timeline, I guess. Um, but do you remember in season one, the fucking Quan stupid planet? They're like, are the Covenant even real? Like, they don't even know about them. And it's like, yeah, like a weird myth. Billions of people are dead. What are you talking about? How could you? Like, I mean, they're supposed to be the first people to die. They're on, they're on the fir- they're on Harvest, the first planet. No, they're not. Uh, no, they're, they're on Madrigal. No, it's I one can't. of the first ones. I can look it up. Big book. It's in like, but they're in the first couple years, and we're supposed to be in the 
again, I think the coven, human covenant year goes for 28. Human covenant war goes for 28 years or 27, something right around there, right? The thing is, <coughs> the events of Halo Reach, which is pretty much this coincides with this season, right? Mm -hmm. This season is going to be co coinciding with the events of the game Halo Reach. Halo Reach through Halo 3, that whole thing is like only a couple months of time. Um, so it's the very, very, very tail end of, of a 28-year war. Again, which we very nearly lose. It's kind of, the whole, again, the whole point. But whatever. Who's keeping track of this kind of thing? So Of the showrunners. The drama here is that Halsey's replacement's an asshole. His name is um, Ackerman. Yeah, Ackerman. So he's a guy from the books um, who is, you know, largely similar. He's kind of an asshole. He's, he's Halsey's rival. Um, he found the Spartan 3 program, which is in some ways similar, but in a lot of ways markedly distinct from the mm -hmm. Spartan 2 program in its methods and its goals, um, which we don't need to get into right I think now. We, but then we talked about it, we talked about the trailer. Yeah, I think we did a little bit. And hope it, it'll presumably come up, or probably not. They'll probably butcher it, and then I'll have to explain the difference. <laughs> um, so he's there, and he's just kind of a dick. He's going to be, I guess, our secondary antagonist kind of thing. Um, yeah. Then we have more rubble, which I couldn't believe. I really thought they were just going to leave this stuff behind, and Quan and Soren, God, was I mistaken. But it's the rubble. They're selling literal slaves, I guess, or something? They're selling people? Yeah, they're just picking people up and auction them off. Jesus, Soren. Like, I guess you're a pirate or whatever, but this is pretty fucking grim. And the ones uh, I don't get, they just jettison into space? And again, like, none of these people are, like, worried about the imminent war? Like, we're all just business as normal here? Whatever, fine. Yeah. And the guy's like, I can help you find Halsey. So there's a bounty out on Halsey. Um, except maybe there's not, but we don't know that. Uh, Master Chief's arguing with, with Ackerman. Um, it seems like Ackerman is just kind of antagonistic towards him. Just what the fuck with him. But it, it probably literally just wants him to fail, kind of thing. Yeah. Push him to the limit. Be like, see, he's crazy. You can't put him out there. A big plot in this these first couple episodes is that he's like, hey, I think that I think the Covenant are planning something. And everyone's like, shut up, Chief. The fuck do you know? Yeah, how could you have known that? The guy who was there. <laughs> Silly. Also it's like he's acting like he can't he's like, Whoa, I'm supposed to just take you on your word. Surely um you could look at like the Helmet feed, right? Yeah, the body cam. He's wearing, like, he's wearing like a one trillion dollar suit of armor. <laughs> I know it has cameras on it. Like, yeah, you can see what he saw. But he probably is, is it, his armor definitely has like battle wound, battle scars, or battle damage from yeah. the energy swords he fought. Yeah, it had to get repaired. I'm certain. Like, oh, that was the thing. That was just when you hit that rock. Everyone else is dead. How'd the rest of those people die? What? Yeah. Well, I guess they wouldn't be able to see all the dead marines on account of them being turned to ash or glass or whatever but yeah it's true they could ask the other girl who was there no she, she saw him she too we don't believe though. her either we'll just give her a medal and move on more rubble bullshit um i hate it i hate this it's honestly unbelievable oh we forgot we didn't really mention but like so master chief isn't um the <laughs> last season ends on a pseudo cliffhanger where it's like oh has master chief been taken over by cortana has she stolen his brain um, but that's that's a non-issue as soon as we start this season, right? But they have been separated, and it's and Master Chief's. He didn't like it, I guess. Yeah, it's ruining. Guess it's ruining his mind. There's like residuals left over. But having her taken out, I guess, traumatized him in his own way, or he's sad about it or whatever. So we got that. So on the side, yeah, yeah. Well, he he does pull Blade Runner in a minute here. 
Uh, Soren decides to um, he's gonna he's gonna track down Halsey and and, and do a bounty. Um, there's other Spartans. I like this scene at first because I was excited about the prospect of there being more Spartans in this because I I felt like we had a lack of that. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, I was telling you before we started recording here, like one of the things this show seems to kind of get a little wrong is like I don't think Master Chief is. I feel like he's too hyped up in this show as like the this big badass guy already when. He shouldn't be yet because he hasn't done all the cool Halo things yet from Halo. (laughs) We haven't done Halo Combat Evolved. We haven't done Halo Combat Evolved yet where he blows up the ring and saves humankind. He's just a, he's a, he's a real badass or whatever, right? But he's among all the bad, like there's no reason at this point in the time, um, whether it's in the, you know, in the, in the actual timeline or in this timeline, right? We haven't been, been shown anything different as to why he would be any more revered than any of the other Spartans, right? I guess he is. And then so we have the other ones and they're like they have this weird like jockey rivalry with each other for some reason. Yeah, they're all antagonistic towards each other. They're like throwing jives back and forth, then threatens to kill him. They're like Riz is weird, getting... They're like weird high school bullies about it. Riz, Riz is talking in like half sentences. She's she's spoken in a very weird way. She says suck big ass. It's like would you get hit in the head? She says suck big ass, Kareem. Vanek says I'm going to wear you like a sock, boy. Whoa. The fuck does oh. that even mean? I, the thing is, they're act again. They're literally acting like weird, like crosstown rivals or something. Like, ooh, we're in the yeah, big game. Like boys in a Stephen King book, pull some switchblades and stab them. Instead of people who've known each other since they were all six and are and now, you know, horribly like augmented forty. Yeah, like these people. The now that there isn't any, any, um, you know, any banter, right? Just a bit of banter is fine. But they, they actually they don't even like each other. They're supposed to, and again, this is from the books, but still. I don't see any reason to change this. These are supposed to be people who have known each other since they were six years old, raised under the most, like, you know, adverse conditions possible. They, they should be close as any family could ever actually be, right? Like, they have a special, they have a connection there that's, like, distinct. It, like, it's always said that it, like, upsets everyone else because when they're in, in part of normal units, right, they don't, they don't interact with normal people properly, but they'll have their, all their own, like, in-jokes and their own, you know, references to one talking. another, which you, you could never have other than knowing each other for decades, right? But whatever. Yeah. In this, fuck it. They're just weird bullies about it. <laughs> they're like, I can't believe we're getting stuck on going on this this comms mission. What the hell? Just like the one you yeah. were just on, Master Chief. Anyway, we're gonna go do that. They, they like, they have a weird analog board. What the, what the fuck is that? Yeah, who is that for? Right? Who just one that? guy's like putting the things up like it's an like it's an air terminal and. 1935 what the fuck like he's keeping score at a baseball game in 1950 like what the fuck yeah and the the guy runs up and like flips the fucking number it's bizarre right very strange and then like like and they hassle the guy later in that next episode like hey what are you doing they're not they're not dead he's like brother i just i just tell i do they tell me these people everyone in this show just has too much free time which I think overall contributes to the feeling of like, I guess the war is not that bad, right? Because how else, again, it's a show not tell type of thing where you can tell me that like, oh, look at another planet got glass. But when you have a whole episode of, and, uh, you're, and really it's the better part of two episodes, right? These first two episodes <clears throat> where all your Spartans are more or less just sitting around wearing normal clothes and like just going about their day. What the fuck are we doing, right? Yeah, where's the sense of urgency? This is what... <laughs> It's 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 fucking sucks, Jack. People really, come really up does. with all kind of weird ex- like excuses for it, but it's like 
it's the type of thing where maybe this was doomed from the start. If you're trying to tell me that we, they had no choice, where it's like, oh, they can't actually do action every... <clears throat> you expect them to put action in every episode of your, you know... Action sci- Military sci-fi show? What, you want there to be military in every season? Like, this, this fucking show is, like, allergic to anything actually military, right? Absolutely. No one actually does any combat. Captain Keys is supposed to be the best, po- the best like fucking captain in the in the navy, right? He pulls off this maneuver that no one else ever does, and he and he's a, and he destroys three Covenant warships. But we don't ever get to see anything like that in the show <clears throat> because Captain Keys is just a fucking desk jockey who tells him what to do. He just hangs out on reach and is like, "All right, guys, go off or don't go off. I don't go get him. What's my wife up to? Oh, she's a criminal, a treasonous war criminal. Oh no, is my daughter in this season? Not yet. Has okay. anyone seen her? Oh, okay. Episode okay. Episode like, three, and that's what I mean about everyone in the show being underdeveloped. To where the only reason you would even know that is if you're a big nerd like me, and you go, "Oh, it's Captain Keys. Is he gonna do anything cool?" If you didn't know that Captain Keys was supposed to be a cool guy, you'd just be like, "What the fuck's this guy doing here? This is a nothing character." What's the point of this? He does nothing all last season. These people just have they all. None of these Spartans are actually doing any missions. Send them on missions, would you? Okay, it's and again, it, I feel like it's doomed from the start because I I know what the answer is. It's that there's not enough budget for it, right? Oh, absolutely not. And uh, in which case, why are we even doing this? Who's this for? This is like a farce of a thing, right? Not for us, that's for sure. Not for anyone like, who knows what Halo is. I don't think it's for anyone though. And then I think they reverse engineer reasons, right? They try to tell you it's because they're trying to make it more accessible to people or whatever the fuck. But it's just because they don't have any money. That's got to be all it is. This isn't. In, these aren't deliberate choices. Even they're just. There's no way that anyone decides to make a Halo show where they don't do any f- action and stuff. It's just. I don't understand how it could even apply to the normal person. Because if someone who, if if it's someone who doesn't play Halo but has any understanding of it, they go, "Oh, the game with that big like military guy. Okay, that sounds vaguely interesting." And then it's just like him walking through a city with a thin black sweatshirt to like find a disgraced admiral it's like what the fuck are we doing the entire thing is just weird interpersonal drama right in this season in particular it feels like a like workplace drama that's what we're watching play out here and it doesn't even feel like particularly high stakes yet either it's just like oh boy we're having another argument with the boss why do i care about this right and i get it that's what tv shows are right ultimately it's a lot of interpersonal drama in TV shows, even good ones that are like higher concept, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking, what's the best fantasy show ever? It's Game of Thrones, right? And it's and it's quite fantastical, but also that is largely a show where people are talking to each other, right? Nine times out of ten, right? Nine mm-hmm. scenes out of ten in that show is just two people in a room being like, "We're gonna have a chat," but it's fucking excellent. This is not excellent, so it doesn't make up for it. This is some CWS writing in fucking scripts and and acting for the most part. To where I just don't care. Oh, yeah, it's just it's just, it's unbearable to watch. Quan uh, comes back. We get to see her kill two guys. Well, Soren. Well, let's just finish the first episode, Jack. Let's not jump the gun on our favorite character quite yet. Oh, of course we wouldn't. Soren leaves so his kids and his wife or whatever, even though they. She's like, you probably shouldn't. Um, like you said, Master Chief's walking around in a black hoodie. I I don't remember why, but I guess normal parents. Okay, cool. <laughs> she doesn't really provide anything of value to him as I recall here what's she say he's trying to he tells yeah I don't think, yeah basically she's just like you're not gonna like him you're not gonna get along bring it to me you bring the, the the info you gave bring it to me and then we'll we'll figure something out here 
okay, whatever. Even in the, she's like, no one wants to believe that the war is changing. The war is changing? How? The war you've been losing for two decades? It's changing? What, it's getting even worse? Oh, wow. <laughs> We're losing twice as many planets. Um, so I, this is something I don't, for some reason it didn't bother me as much in se- episode, or season one, but now it's really bothering me that I think about it. Unless it did bother me and I mentioned it. Who can remember? But Soren does this thing where he walks around with like half his Spartan armor on. First of all, why did they let him keep, like, how did he get away with that? Did he steal it? I guess so, but it's like, you think if you, if, if you were trying to escape with your life, you wouldn't bring the Mjolnir armor, because surely they would track that like nobody's business, because it's like a, I don't even know if I'm exaggerating when I say, I think it's like a trillion dollar suit of armor. Um, but what's dumb is he walks, not only that he has it still, but that he walks around with like half of it on, he'll just like throw bits and bobs on. You know how much the armor's supposed to weigh, Jack? Um, a ton? It's half a ton. It's literally a full suit of millionaire armor. It's supposed to weigh 1,000 pounds. And you're only supposed to be able to wear it, one, if you're a Spartan, but like you have to wear it all by itself, or all together, I mean, because it like it only can support itself if you're wearing it, right? Yeah. It's too heavy to move. Like, that's kind of how would, that's the whole point of it, right? It's power armor, so it moves itself, otherwise it doesn't work kind of thing. So it's like shard, shard plate, Jack. You can't just like take parts off and just Ooh, I've got the legs. No, Jack, you need it all. Otherwise, it locks up. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. So the fact that dude's just got like a 300-pound like chest piece on where he's like, I'm just going to wear this today. Gunk. Nothing could go wrong here. Stupid. No matter he's sitting down all the time, he can't fucking walk around. It's a trap, though, isn't it? Halsey was he's... never there. She's in a weird Westworld-style room. Yeah, they're Westworlding her? Uh, what the fuck they're doing? This is a weird trap because they wanted to get Soren. So I think Oni has him or... Someone does. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Next season, it's Halsey. They're they're doing a they're doing a weird fucking yeah. They're, they're kind of doing a Westworld on Halsey. What is that? Is it like an AI person or is it a Flash clone? Why? Who, who's I this think little it's girl? A flash clone. It's kind of what I thought too. I don't know who she they're Flash work, right? Yeah. Is it her? You think? Is that a clone of her? Maybe. She having a conversation. Which would be very Westworld. I feel like having a conversation with a young version of you. Yeah. And, that, and you have to keep watching it die. And there's that tree. She's like, how do you have that tree? He goes, actually, it's a coincidence we have that tree. We don't. Ooh. It's like, who cares? They've had it this whole time, I guess. I guess. I just don't care enough to remember where these characters left off or why they're in their situations, I suppose. What so. the tree is? I don't know. What the tr- is it the tree from John's house when his dad was like. Oh, maybe. Because I'm like, why? Is, I'm like, do they have Halsey or not? I, I, is it, I, I'm like, is it supposed to be a reveal to me here that they have captured Halsey? Or did I know they had Halsey the whole time? Who the fuck? Am I, I kind of thought she got away last season. So I guess this is a revelation to me, yeah. right? Maybe. I would have Fuck knows. In episode two, Riz is recovering from um, Rizzing it up too hard last <laughs> season, right? She became the Rizzler at the end, as we all know. And she Rizzed it too hard. Now she, but no, she gets shot or something. So she's in recovery, and that's that's a big subplot this episode. She's got that um, blind former Spartan. Which, I guess this is interpersonal drama that at least has significance to the idea of a Spartan being a Spartan, instead of a Spartan just being a weird, mopey, sad guy walking around, right? Mm-hmm. At least it's like, oh, she's worried about not being able to com- to perform at her job, which is being a super soldier. I guess there's something to that, at least, right? Yeah. Anything. <laughs> anything. Fuck yeah. God, anything. something, please. Please. Uh, he's, he's, so he's like, I saw my key, she's back. I don't know if you mentioned her yet, but the human covenant lady's back, because of course they had to bring back all the horrible characters. Yeah, she, uh, what a great reveal that is at the end. She, I, and there's another big artifact for her to touch in the basement. 
she's in the very she's in the first episode too. You can kind of you see her on on there for it, a minute. Remember? Oh, I did not. I think she shows up at, on Sanctuary there, and it's like, oh, is that her? Or maybe he dreams about her. I don't fucking know. She's back. I brought her back for sure. I thought she died. I, mean, I know she. We were supposed to think she died. She literally gets shot and is and is laying there all dead like. But no, fucking bring her back. Bring her back with no explanation. Let's go. A lot more rubble bullshit, like you said. So Quan's here. She's so. There's that whole episode last season, Jack. The one I didn't watch that you did, right? Mm-hmm. Now maybe you can recall, or maybe you've purged it from your mind if you know it's good for you. But isn't the whole point of that episode that she's like taking on this mantle of of protecting the planet from her father? She's like, my father had this solemn duty, and now it's my duty, and I'll protect the planet from whoever comes, right? Yep. Yeah? Uh, am I right? Am I, am I on track? You are correct. Okay, so her planet's now been destroyed off screen, the whole thing. So that was all for, for fucking nothing, I suppose. Um, she's a slave that got kidnapped and got a fucking bug in her ear. And now she's like a street urchin type character, just being like, oh my god, I gotta live on that, and I'm, I'm a slave. Why? For what purpose? This character is nothing. We didn't need Quan ever. We didn't need her then. We certainly don't need her now. It's just like, why do we have the whole subplot where, like, there's the resistance, and then there's, like, the weird governor who they... And then they so, blow up the planet off screen. What? Literally off screen. Which is funny, because I was like, yeah, fuck that planet. Am I right, guys? Haha. But I didn't expect them to bring Quan back then. That I thought, oh, died for sure, she's definitely not going to be in part of this story anymore. That was intentional. No, here she is. Why? No. One thing I, one thing I really hated. And I think I didn't say it when we talked about. It was in the last episode, but it's in these this combos. Is when Soren has that long conversation with his son about monsters. It's like there's a monster in my bed. It's like no, they're not real. Got to say monsters aren't real. He goes no, Dad, they're real. It's like what? Who wrote this? Well, what are you talking about? What monster? The Covenant? Because they are. He real. knows about. The- they're very real. You should be like, yes, yeah, son. There's giant aliens who are scary and and really. And really and good quite at kill terrifying you. and strong and powerful. And you should have a healthy fear of the Covenant, son. Not like, yeah, there's no such thing as monsters. Cool. Great. Wonderful. Oh my god. His wide-eyed wife is yelling at his crew. Riz is doing physical therapy. Yet another scene of Chief and Ackerman arguing in his office. I think we're going That's on the three now, right? That's I think three. it's four, I would have guessed. He's got one with Kai too. He's got five. So yeah, that's true. Part. And then what? Yeah, well, geez, once you bring in Kai, then they're training. This is also like at least a vaguely relevant thing to them being Spartans who maybe actually want to do a job, right? Like, <laughs> so I can I can I guess vaguely appreciate this, right? They're like doing training and, and trying to get Riz back into shape and everything. <coughs> Master Chief's coming across a bit of a psycho, but he's been that way the whole show, I guess. So yeah, that's just how he is. He's just a psycho marine. <laughs> it's been that. Yeah, he's a real fucking private pile of it all here um because he's lost his actual goddamn mind at this point um it's weird that in humanizing them they've somehow made him uh, crazier infinitely less likable and understandable as a as a guy right yeah because before you're like oh he's a big weapon he's a, he's never had a childhood he's a man on a mission yeah but now he's like actually now he has emotion he heard music and saw a dog and it's like to the lady once and now he's crazy it's like now he's what? unhinged He's just it cannot, re- and it's like there's a difference between being um being having a human emotions and being completely unable to like regulate them into any kind of normal context. To like, why is the master chief yelling at his like superior officers and kind of like torturing his subordinates? Like, sure, if there's one thing you should be able to count on him to do, it's to be like a professional when it comes to being a the soldier, war. right? Yeah, like that's the one thing you should be always able to count on. I would hope, but in this show, it's like fuck my boss. 
Fuck my soldiers. I don't give a fuck about any of y'all. I'm I'm insane. I lost it. Go fuck yourselves. You don't know shit about anything. I'm gonna do what I want. Fuck all of you. So that's cool, right? That's super neat and fun. Really great. I showed you the um. You and I watched the the Halo Four opening last week. Oh yeah. And I just feel like that does such a. (laughs) It's like a three minute clip, and it does such a better job of like telling you what the Spartans are and ought to be than this whole fucking show has so far. There's a there's really a part where they're like, do you think him being a psychopath was on purpose, Dr. Halsey? And she's like, what? And he's like, do you think him being fundamentally broken is was important to the job or no? And there's that like shot of Master Chief just like sitting like sitting completely still in a hangar for like what seems to be like hours. <laughs> Like he just doesn't move, right? Like it, it does that thing where like the background changes, and it's like has Master Chief been sitting there without moving a, a single muscle for like several hours? What's going on? Because he's just—they're all kind of crazy. Yeah, like you said they're all kind of wet. They didn't have childhoods. They're not well. And then this, it's like so again. I get wanted to humanize them, but it's just at the cost of everything else. They've just become crazy in a different way. Crazy in a worse way for story and for effectiveness. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's um. And we're back to Halsey's little kid dying after they play whatever that is. Is that Chinese backgammon. checkers? Are they playing backgammon? Isn't they playing backgammon? Is that backgammon? It looks oh, like backgammon. backgammon. Yeah. I'm th- I was thinking of that. What's the one with the, with the, you know the one with the glass marbles? Mancala, is that what that's called? I think, yeah, whether you like kind You're of right. that, that is backgammon, though. Yeah, that was backgammon they're playing. You know, Mancala's one is like, you move them. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. Two, yeah. More Riz physical therapy, that's fine. Um... Then there's that scene you were talking about with Kai arguing with uh, Ackerman as well. And then the most absurd, like, just really the icing on the cake of it all. It's my favorite scene the whole episode. It's hard to really even, like, like, it's just the type of thing where if you try to describe the, you would think it was me. If you try to tell someone, like, four years ago, right, that the Halo TV show would feature a scene like this, it would just be, it would be so laughable. They'd laugh you out of the Reddit. I would think so, right? You wouldn't, you just never would believe it. I wouldn't. And yet, it's, Here it's true, isn't it? So you, you, do the honors, Jacko. So Master Chief is like, God, I got to get more information about this thing. I got to convince this lady who was traumatized with me to, to tell my boss that he's fucking stupid. So I know I'm going to go to her house. When I go to her house, her Latina mother will invite me to dinner. And then I'll sit there with her and her brothers as they ask me if, I've, if my KD ratio is on Spartan Attack. And only then, when I respond, I don't keep count. They go, "Oh my God, we have a Spartan at our table," and yeah. then they pray. And then he's like, "Oh, they're praying to Christian God, and that'll help me find my faith." Who wrote this? Um, my cat could write a better Halo scene than this. My stupid cat. What you say they just—they've got too much time on their hands. There shouldn't be enough time in a Halo TV show about the end of the war for master chief to have a nice latina family dinner right like a nice sunday dinner with the fam why does he have time to do this give him something to do i beg of you anything he could be doing anything he could be doing war crimes if you compare if you if you add up the last two seasons compare how much time they spend sitting on reach just faffing about to like actually doing anything of value it's got to be an absurd ratio yeah again i just don't think this show conveys it's like it doesn't convey that there's a war going on, like at all. Pretty much, humanity is dying. Much less, yeah, much less a really, really, really devastating war. I think you'd be forgiven for thinking it's just kind of like ah, oh, those covenant bother us every so often, but 
you know, the rubble's still going cool. See, we still have the slave markets open. It's really not that much of a hassle. Yeah, and we lose a couple of plants every now and then, but you can hey, make it. Hey, you win some, you lose some. Am I right? Like, no. Master Chief should be on a, a ship going to a battlefield every waking moment of his life. Yeah, just which is what he was designed sit. for. Instead, he has enough time to sit around being like, hey, that was a good dinner. Hey, what do you think about God? <laughs> you believe in Jesus? What the fuck, man? Like, what the fuck? What Again, happened? It's just comical. It's, com- it's like, rubbing it in their faces at a certain point, I think. The one thing I will say for this scene mm-hmm. is I was very afraid that no one in his family in her family would be would realize that he's a fucking Spartan. And I was like, if they go this whole fucking dinner being like, how do you guys know each other? Do, sister who's in the military? A, a giant hulking man appeared randomly. He's probably the weapon. Probably the weird giant monsters you have roaming around in the big armor. The fuck's wrong with you people? We're, to, you live on reach. How do you not know who these people are? Well, they're supposed to be kind of secret. But they're also, see, the thing is, they're kind of secret, but they're also kind of not, because they're they're a very useful propaganda tool, right? They'd be great for propaganda. To be like, look, we have these literal super soldiers out there winning the day for us, and and we see that even in the first episode, right? Ackerman's like, we're winning the war, we've always been winning the war, we've never lost a war in our life. It's going great, everybody. The Spartans are winning the day. Woo! Yahoo! They're all so, out there fighting right now. It kind of makes sense. Which is so funny, because they're not. I know they're not. I have to watch the show where they're not. I would love it if they were out there fighting right now. God, you know how much I'd love that? More than anything in the world. Also, it's like, see, this, again, that's what I mean. Why do the press know it? Because he's like, the Master Chief is out there fighting for your freedom. And it's like, they know who they know who he is by name? Why? Why him specifically? Again, that's only because we know because he's the guy from the games. From Combat like, Evolved. Hail Combat Evolved. Hail Combat Evolved hasn't happened yet. We're, we're trying to get there. Get there as fast as we can. Whatever. We're back to Halsey. She's in our weird, you know, her weird fake room. Still don't know what that's about. Uh, turns out a- Ackerman's got Cortana, right? So she's not dead or whatever, because of course she's not. She's, it's Cortana. Halo Comet of all hasn't happened yet. So. <laughs> she's just in a, locked in a room um, with the fucking key thing from last weird. season, I guess. Slash clone. That's a redhead. Yeah, I guess her too. And then Master Chief's like, does a little slew thing. And he's like, oh, Cobalt team didn't go to a different planet. They never even left the planet. They were right here on Reach. So then we go to do the first mission of uh, Halo Reach, you know? <laughs> where, they go, where they go, hey, something's wrong with the relay. Let's go check it out. And then it's like, holy shit, there's aliens on Reach. Um, and it seems like Cortana's predicted this, right? Yeah. I, I assume that's the what she's describing here when she's like, oh, it's a, all, all, the, all my uh, simulations point to the same thing. There's a 97% chance. I assume it's the covenant being on reach. So yeah, we get a little. I think the end of in the end of episode two has like uh, all the ships rise up, but the ban- the banshees fly past, and then all the covenant ships fly up. Oh, uh, that might be episode one. It's in here somewhere though. Yeah. Oh yeah, episode two has the bullshit where she touches that. Yeah, yeah. Artifact in the fucking relay or whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it seems to be built like, and like this is maybe where the, I mean, I doubt it, but. If this really is building up to uh, to a significant payoff where we really do get a lot more action in the back half because they just are doing the fall of reach and they'll have no choice, right? Maybe mm-hmm. this really will, maybe it'll pay off, but I feel like people are giving it too much credit. Um, you know, I think it would be a mistake to write this whole season off maybe off these two episodes, but I also think it would be a mistake to assume that the back half is going to be great and you have to somehow forgive these first two because they're setting up for something else. We just don't mm-hmm. know yet, you know. Yeah, we can't be sure. We won't know till we know. 
And I thought this action scene was actually a step down because it's just a bunch of Marines walking down a hallway and then they all get eaten, basically. And then the captain's just like, more Marines, go, go, go down the hallway, go down the spooky hallway, get eaten, would you? <laughs> I don't want to get eaten, you do it first. And it's like, are the Spartans already dead? What happened? What's going on? That was like days ago and we're not addressed. Like, what? I get Ackerman's an idiot or whatever, but like he, he literally sent Spartans to check this out days ago, heard nothing back, and we're just not going to do anything about it at all? Gonna send the rest of the Spartans with him? That doesn't seem. Doesn't I mean, track. unless he's actively sabotaging it, which could be the reveal. Um, you know, at some point. But I don't know. I feel like a, a lot of people on like the Halo subreddit and stuff give this show way too much leeway because they understand stuff. Because it's you know what it's it, you know what's very similar to me, Jack. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I think I did. I already say this, but it's it reminds me a lot of the Wheel of Time. We mentioned before we started recording that you're gonna bring this up. Okay, yeah, that like. It's a show that basically expects you to have already read or watched or seen or whatever the, the source material going into it, and then also fucks with the source material. Because again, if you've never read the books or played the games and stuff, none of this shit would mean anything to you. And this show does not do enough on its own to explain that to you, right? Whether it's who Captain Keys is or who Colonel Ackerman is, right? We know. So if you read the books, you go, oh, well, I know what Colonel Ackerman's about, and I know what his motivations are. And I can assume, I'll give them a benefit of the doubt that it'll play out eventually and make sense. But if you go off what's on screen here, there's none of that, right? You have no way of knowing any of this shit. Yeah, you got yeah, no fucking clue. It's, so it's just, just a, a lot of, of bullshit. It's just a bunch of characters acting illogically and not really making any sense. And it's like, well, if I assume the best intentions here with the writing, then it'll almost work. And it's like, it's not how it should be, right? And it doesn't even really work. Even if you assume the absolute best, it's a half-hearted attempt. It like exactly. kind of Fucking go, eh, maybe. It's like, when do we, what are we even doing? And just like you the Wheel of Time, again, there's just no budget to do anything interesting. So it's like, fuck it, make some, make some weird bullshit. Make some weird CWS plots in here. Does Moraine have a, a sister she doesn't like very much and a nephew is evil? Fuck it, sure. Sure, I guess. Focus on anything that actually has to happen? No. Matt's a hero of the horn? Sure. Even though like, in the last book, it's explicitly said that he's not... Sure. So it's like we can go look at you. I know what Colonel Ackerman's doing, so I get it. But that's not really, that's not really a, an indictment of this show, is it? Endorsement, indictment, whatever. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, one of those. I just feel like too many people have like adopted a. Uh, it seems like a lot of people have adopted an attitude of like, well, you get it, you get the idea, right? And it's like that's not anything though. You can't again can't build show, on, can't build on good intentions. Sure, not tell, man. It's just, I can't imagine how anyone who doesn't know any of this would, it would just be nothing. I don't know how this show, I don't know how anyone who doesn't already know Halo could watch this show at all. Frankly. Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't know anyone who does. I'm the only, I'm, we're the only people I know who watch this show. Well, that's true. It's like, I need, I need to force someone who's never seen Halo to watch it, which I don't you know could. if I, they'd stay friends with me, so I don't know if yeah, I'd even couldn't. risk they it. Wouldn't. And I, and I would never fault them for that. I couldn't in good no, conscience no, do no. this. Yeah. So... Like you said, McKee gets in there and she touches a, a new artifact that they just have locked down there. Cool. Cool. Great new artifact. Guy. Love this plot. Woo. But uh, we'll probably move on from that now because we got plenty to complain about. We got seven more weeks to complain. Seven more week, six more weeks. Five more weeks? I think it's seven. No, oh, it would Eight. be six. You're right because it's one and two. Yeah, because we did the first two. Oh, thank God. Only six. So Christ. we'll watch as they slow but surely botch the whole rest of the fall of Reach and no one actually makes any logical decisions. And, and it won't get renewed for season three. God willing. If there's a God there. We recall it had been greenlit for season two before we knew season one was going to be so bad. Mm-hmm. 
And I think we took that as a good sign, and we shouldn't have. Because it was the th- it was right around the time before Wheel of Time had come out when Amazon had also done that. So we're like, oh, if a company does it, that must mean the show is so good they have to have another one. Like, and then they're probably green lights, greenlit season three, right after season two, and we'll be rolling. And then we watch, we're like, oh, they're just doubling down. It's a sunk cost fallacy. How could I have been so blind? Stupid fucking bitch. I'm looking at the extras on Paramount, and it's just like, the witches of Madrigal extras. Fincher's vows to destroy Quan Han. Halo, this here, Fincher's plan. Like, yeah, that's a real extra. I need to watch that. Soren puts Squirrel in his place. Great. Who's Squirrel? I don't know. Character on Madrigal, I guess. I don't fucking know. What an awful name. And again, they, they cannot be overstated. They blew up that planet off screen. They just scrapped it. Oh, it was the first thing they did in the writer's room. All right. All right. Well, Back attack, Jacko. Another movie. Into a net of a fall. Would you let me would you let me say it, Jack? For I always, once? I always God say damn it. it. I was trying to say it. I was going to say it all. I didn't forget what the movie was called or nothing. You didn't need to take the words out of my mouth. I'm sorry. Give me a clean one. I'm no, 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 Jack. Go ahead. This isn't why. You know, I don't like when we fight. Okay. <laughs> so we saw Anatomy of a Fall. This is a movie made by the Jack's least favorite people, but he's he's he struggled through it for you guys. All right? I did. I'm through it. Through it. Um, it's by the French. It's a French film, or vaguely French. I don't know. I don't. Know. I forget the details. I think it's French, though. I think it's French. They all they speak. It's in France. It's true. By God, that isn't that yeah. true, Jack? So it's the ninth. Well. But this point, as of recording, I have seen all ten of the best pictures now. But this will be the ninth, I guess. No, I guess the eighth that we've covered on the eighth. show um, of the ten, and we'll probably do Zone of Interest soon-ish, mm-hmm. and maybe Maestro if there's nothing else. Um, if if it's gonna happen, I feel like I have to make myself watch Maestro before Zone of Interest because I'm much more interested in Zone of Interest. So if I watch Zone of Interest first, then I'll have like no reason really, you, you know, need to watch Maestro because you'll be like, well, I've watched the thing I want. I've watched all nine of the ones that I have at least a passing interest in, and then I have to watch the stupid Bradley Cooper music one. Fuck. We'll see. He made it. He put a big nose on just for you, Zach. He dressed up in Jew face. Come on, that's got to come for something. No, yeah, it's, it says French legal drama. So there you go. There you go. Because you remember last week we were debating. I was trying to figure out which ones of these are actually international or not. Yes, I remember. I think Anatomy of Fall. Although it's a lot, lot more English than I expected, though. It is. Um, so it's it's got that going for it. Thank God. And actually, the actress in this is also in Zone of Interest. Surely, yeah. She's in two Best Picture nominations. She would is she the she's uh the female lead in Zone of yeah Interest? she's the female lead in both. Wow. Yeah. Well, what a year for her, huh? What a year. Um, but to summarize this film, as I said in the beginning of my letterbox review, I can think of no worse fate than being put on trial by the French. <laughs> and that legal system looks awful by the way this movie makes it look. I thought that too. I, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't know anything about really the American legal system other than what you see on movies. And TV. <laughs> um, I know from She-Hulk. Is She-Hulk accurate? I don't know. I don't know because I'd say, well, how does She-Hulk compare against Law and Order? About the same. But I don't actually have anything real to compare. You know what I mean? It's all. Just, uh, I've, I've never been to court. I watched Judge Judy and the doctors. It's just movies all the way down, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought I thought the same thing. I was like, "This is weird." Seems like you're on you're you're basically open to being questioned the whole time as like a defendant. That seems crazy. That's not how we do it here. Yeah, like the person, like the you have to voluntarily kind of choose to be because otherwise you can just refuse to to uh, be cross examined. 
examine it all, really. You don't have to... I think if you go on, if you go on the stand, you have to be open to cross-examination. But you don't have to go on there at all. You don't have to testify at all. Yeah. Because of the Fifth Amendment, right? Yeah. You, you, can't, you don't have to um, incriminate yourself. Yeah. So those, those Frenchmen don't have that. Doesn't seem that way. It seems like you're just always over there being like, and they could just ask you fucking questions at any point. Not crazy. But anyways, getting a little ahead of ourselves. The the idea of the movie here, right? Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's the anatomy of a fall in a very literal sense. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little family out in the French Alps, I guess. And, um, yeah. well, the husband takes a tumble out of like a third story window one day and is dead. And it's the, uh, well, basically, the um, most of the movie encompasses the trial at which the the wife is being yeah tried for his uh, potential murder. Because usually the spouse that does it. Yeah, yeah. Statistically. Yeah. Also, uh, when there's no one else in the house, I mean, that that also really yeah that'll do it. it. Yeah, and the only and the other wrinkle is their only technical witness to this is their like legally blind son. He's not completely blind, but he's mostly blind from an accident when he was young, which ties into like the overall thing. Um, that movie was very interesting. It doesn't. I guess I wouldn't say it does the court stuff in a particularly unique way because it's not a new thing with like, oh, actually, a trial isn't about if you did it or not. Is it is if they can prove that you did it, kind of thing, and that anything you've ever done is now under examination. That's not necessarily a new thing in movies. Um, but I, I think the presentation of it was very interesting. And from, like we said, the perspective of another culture's legal system or country's legal system added a layer, at least for me of intrigue. Cause I was like, Oh, how did, how did the front of the French do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I told, I totally agree with all that. I was going to say something very similar. It's, it's a lot to me, at least it's a lot like, um, past lives in that way. Right. Mm-hmm. In that, is there anything like truly groundbreaking here in terms of like what this movie is or is about? I don't, think so but yeah. it's certainly done very well right oh absolutely you know it's less revolutionary than some of the other best picture noms i'd say but yeah like you said it's you know can't really argue it's not entertaining or interesting so oh yeah keeps um, you gripped for the most part it's shot also very interestingly like um how the opening scene is a lot, it's just close-ups for like the first five minutes or so um they do a lot of interesting point of view shots in the courtroom from like in the crowd and um, from various people on the bench and oh the use of flashback i like how like they cut around a lot or they'll do like dr- they'll do like dramatizations of like the fall and all that yeah it's uh i was wrong. i saw a lot of comments about this but um did you think the husband's job was to be like a dj at first no when he's blasting the music mean. like when he's blasting the no. music and he's like oh he's at work i was like oh is he a dj or something because i wasn't sure <laughs> at the beginning and then i saw other people be like, I thought at first he was a DJ. Does anybody else think that? No. I, I assumed it was he was doing something and like to have music while it was at the same time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do it, like do it, you know. No, but no, I did not assume that the music was his work. I assumed it was, yeah, just somehow he was distracting himself or whatever with the music while he did whatever the task might actually have been. Yeah, some renovation to make a bed and breakfast so they could get out of French debt, worst kind of debt. I thought medical care was supposed to be free in England, Jack. What the fuck? They're in England. England. Well, they were, weren't they? Oh, I guess when they over their son's accident. Yeah, is that where they were living? Yes, they were right? living in London when he was when they had his accident. So what the hell? Yeah, I don't know. I guess Mr. Coopers. I feel betrayed, Jack. Yeah, well, 
What's the problem? Then who has eternal house? Place I've never been, and I never want to go. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it really is mostly just in the courtroom kind of thing. You said there's there's cuts in and out, and there's flashbacks and whatnot. Um, you know, it definitely does a thing where as it as it starts, you you really have very little of the pieces outside of just what you see, and then it, and then it starts to backfill some of it and mm-hmm. sort of explain stuff and you know trickle stuff down to you. But um, something this well, that ultimately this movie never does is give you any definitive answers, which I think is interesting. Um, and in you know in a way that only a movie can do, right? It really has like sort of both sides of any possible um whatever evidence argument here and involved in this case right Mm -hmm. you know in real life you're gonna find even if it's not completely convincing entirely one or the other right but you're still gonna have little bits throughout any kind of case like this i feel which would at least lean you more towards one way or the other but it seemed like for this almost everything they bring up um the opposite side has something almost as um compelling right yeah convincing that's probably the word um which you know pre- presents an interesting dynamic as as an audience here to be like man because like would they um one of the big ones is like the physical evidence of like it's this whole thing with blood splatter and all this and they have the one expert witness get up there and, and he's he's like no I, i'm pretty sure it went like this and it seems to me like it pretty much exactly went like this and then they get the uh, other opposite right expert witness up there to be like actually Everything that guy said was fucking wrong. He's an idiot. I think it's, he's an idiot. I think it's exactly the opposite. And they both seem to have pretty compelling arguments for yeah. uh, someone who's both a layman and an audience to the fictional movie of it all. <laughs> I was like, mm, makes sense to me, I guess. It all makes sense. Maybe she did do it. And I think it, it does play with enough because I, I for a second I was like, is she, is she, did she do it? Because like you said, like even as an audience member, even though she's the protagonist and like everything is kind of from her perspective for more or less. It's like, is this the type of movie where she gets caught? Is that the way this movie ends? Or is I for a half a second at the end there, I was like, are they gonna show me what really happened and she did do it? And I was like, but I'm like, no, it's not that kind of movie though. It's not that kind of movie. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty sure she did it. I guess. Um, like, okay, so when it, when it really kind of starts, like towards the beginning there, did you really not have? Um, I mean, were you were you fairly certain she didn't do it? Um. No, I was I was kind of like I was like probably I was probably fifty fifty. I was like, it, yeah, it go either way because we just start, so it's gonna yeah, it's gonna lend itself to be like, oh, it's a lot of up in the air. Either side, which is- of course it does. But yeah, I guess from the jump, I guess I was leaning towards she probably did do it, and I was kind of hoping the movie would because, like you said, it's that type of thing where she's the protagonist, right? So just psychologically wise, we're always gonna want her to kind of win, mm-hmm. as it was. And I think that's what was at play here that's for true. me. So I was like, well, she probably did it, but I also kind of want her to get away with it and or want her to have not done it kind of thing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But it just seems like seems pretty likely that she'd done it absolutely. Um, until they started playing up basically the suicide angle, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, when it first started, I was just, oh, I just think he fell. It's like, wait, what? It does seem pretty crazy. But as as that, uh, the, yeah, the suicide angle started to be expanded upon and, I, you know, it definitely to me got a little more up in the air yeah i thought it was um an interesting choice because in the trial she has to speak they're like you have to speak french the whole time because everyone else will be speaking french and then at a point i believe when the psychiatrist comes in and it's just like making kind of making shit up or making shit up as far as he understands it it's like well no why would my patient lie to me she's like 
What, what do you mean? Why would your patient? Clearly, he was unstable. Uh, what the fuck are you talking about? He told me all this stuff too, and I was his wife. Like, what? We both have these stories. She only speaks in English for the rest of the time. Um, she's in largely, court. yeah. Yeah, so I, so just be like, he's kind of just done with it. Some kind of pretend or like playing their playing like the game, like your lawyer wants you to. She's just like, I'm so tired. I'm just trying to get this over with. Like at this point, it feels like she almost doesn't care what verdict she gets. She just wants it to be over. I um yeah, I mean like that seems a pretty good example of and and it's and it's I think a common thing throughout that again. There's we've almost no we as the audience are given almost nothing concrete evidence wise um mm-hmm. to to know any of this stuff that's happened. It really is just on like you just have to base your decisions off of how the characters act, and I think that's a really interesting uh kind of idea here, right? Mm. anything that's even vaguely contentious in this movie is left up to interpretation for the audience and i and i think that's interesting yeah and like that's a good example of that the, the when the psychiatrist comes in and they're kind of arguing and it's like they both are saying things that are that sound plausible and we do not know anything else about any of these characters pretty much right we know nothing about them so we have no way of knowing other than mm-hmm. just like well it sounds pretty good right and again like i said at, at every step of the way there's kind of this like tit for tat thing where he lays it all out, and it's like, yeah, that's a pretty compelling argument, I guess, about how a husband might feel pretty bad about his his relationship, right? How a guy might feel kind of unloved in his marriage or whatever the heck. And then, but then she just kind of cuts it back, and she's like, "Well, no, this, that, and the other." And you're like, "Well, I guess that makes sense too." Yeah, he would be his wife, so you would know these more intimate details from a different perspective. You would hope, right? I mean, the psychologist would would have certain insights for sure, but. Mm-hmm. Not absolutely everything, especially a, a guy who is unstable. Yeah, it does seem pretty crazy for him to try to completely steamroll the wife and all things. But then again, maybe she murdered him. So yeah, she just know? might have murdered him for what he did to uh, her son and being kind of a dick. Or maybe, and again, this is what's so interesting is maybe she's just maybe he's just right about her in their big argument they have because that's a big part of it. But yeah, it's like. Because the, the psychiatrist is like, oh, he kind of hated you. And she's like, well, he kind of hated you. What do you know? And it's like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, she's yelling yeah, back that, and forth. That's about, oh, what? Towards the halfway point or maybe a little past is when they, they play the argument. And then we, yeah. we, you know, it does a thing where then it cuts to we're, we're actually just watching it as it happened in uh, in real time in the past there. That's a super interesting scene. Um, It's very compelling. It's the one kind of chance that the husband slash dad gets to actually act, right? Yeah, gets to like be a a person, and he and you know he shows up for that scene. Um, I mean it's it's int- I mean it's very compelling. Uh, if nothing else, from like a marriage story kind of perspective, like man, look at these crazy people yelling at each other. He's yeah, it's it you know it's kind of voyeuristic, right? Mm. To see two, I mean it's all fake, obviously, Jack. I am aware of the fiction of the movies, but it is a bit like whoa, geez, these people are having like a real deep argument here and we're just watching jeez yeah it feels yeah. very very raw yeah fly on the wall jacko absolutely but that's again it's the same kind of thing where these they're both arguing at each other and they're both saying things that sound like they could be true right and mm-hmm. given that we have the very 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 narrow perspective, perspective of this movie we don't know what these people's lives have actually been like for these whatever two decades they've been together presumably we don't know which one of them's telling the truth or not yeah, or how much the truth has been warped, even if they're even if they're both telling the truth. Exactly. How much of the truth yeah, yeah. is even left? Exactly, because that's and that's a thing that happens a lot in like legal cases and stuff, right? Is sometimes the, the truth is like 
even in these ones where it is kind of clear cut of like, oh, this person probably did do it based on all this, you still have situations where then a cops or whoever they go overboard with like laying it on too thick, or they they decide they need to lie in some way to add onto it, right? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's like you've you've ruined your whole argument. It's, and second you know, thing, you did a little bit. You're like, well, how much? Where does it end? If you're like lying for this much, why not lie a little bit more and build it out? Uh, and the ending I found pretty interesting too, when the the son kind of figures it out or comes to terms with it in a way. Mm-hmm. First thing I thought he just went crazy and killed his dog, and I was like, did he just fucking kill his dog right now? Like, yeah, I don't know what that, that what was. Is that his movie's gonna end? Like, have a mental break because of all the trauma. Mm-hmm. But then he just was like, oh, thank God I didn't kill my dog. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm glad you didn't kill the dog either, man. Yeah, that, that was an interesting turn of events for sure. Yeah, and how his dad's like, yeah, you know, your dog's sick, and you know, he's th- your dog's not always gonna be here. And I'm not talking about your dog anymore. I'm gonna kill myself soon. It's like, whoa. But again, that's the thing that we only get from the son saying it, right? Yeah. For all we know, he could have made all that shit up, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not even a thing where like the mom can can confirm or deny it one or the other. He's like, yeah, I had a conversation with my dad, who's now dead, and my dog. Here's how it went, and. Everything like in this movie is like that. It's just unverifiable, right? Mm-hmm. Again, this argument scene they have, it's like, I'm sure some of the things they're, they're hurling at each other are true. But again, we can't know. And it's that argument type of thing where it's like, again, you can kind of be right. Um, but you can still be wrong about it, right? And, you know, she says as much, which is, again, whatever else is going on is very much true. Which is that people in arguments, they exaggerate. You know, they say things they don't strictly mean, right? Yeah. You say things that you know will just hurt the other person, not necessarily because you actually feel them or believe them or whatever. Yeah, you know where to hit them, so you really focus on those points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like again, there's there's kind of I feel like again, knowing nothing about these characters really at all, you still kind of see where both sides are coming from in that fight at points where it's like I don't know, the wife does seem a little callous and 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 not super helpful, right? But then um. What's his name? Samuel? Yeah, Samuel. It does also seem like maybe she's on to something with his whole, like, is he... The, does he's he the have, victim. Yeah, is he is he too comfortable with being the victim because it's that means he doesn't have to sort of try or whatever? Or try as hard. And, and, she, and it's easier then to blame his failures and stuff on other people because he doesn't have the confidence to go for it or whatever. And But maybe she really is this domineering sort of presence in their lives. And again, we just don't know. So we don't we see enough know. of their lives play out. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, and something I've and and the ending I think really also I really like the ending part when um they're in the restaurant with their which is with the whole legal team and her are all there because they win at the end the end spoiler alert she is acquitted I think I think that's the word they use I can't remember yeah yeah yeah, they, she, yeah she's acquitted of all the charges so she can go back she's free to go and um they're having a conversation with a lawyer um. Sandra, whoever her name is, is she's like I don't really feel anything. Like when I, I, I we've won, we like it's all over. Like all our hard work has, we've got the thing we wanted. She's like I thought there'd be some sort of prize because if I lost, I would have gone to prison and lost everything. But now that I've won, I just go back to normal. So I've not actually won anything. I just kept mm-hmm. fighting for something that I already had, which is a very I- interesting perspective on it mm-hmm. uh, the one that i don't don't feel is echoed really in kind of these court um dramas 
yeah it is definitely an interesting way to look at it right that yeah if you win the right to be free basically and not have to go to prison you've just won the the right to continue exactly as you were if not you know slightly worse off yeah with all the trauma and the baggage and like the news coverage i did like the several times where it like cut to like a news camera we could see it through that perspective that was that was interesting as well i um so like where, where do you line up then though jack when it is all said and done what what do you think were you convinced one way or the other hmm. i think i think that she didn't i think i was pretty i was well enough convinced that she did not push him out that he just took himself out yeah i think kind of the, the comedy shit of it all is that she probably was quite a bad wife um yeah. and maybe but, sort of I guess drove him to suicide, for lack of a better term, but she didn't, yeah, physically murder him herself. Yeah. Which is interesting. I mean, I think it's like the, you know, the the son's kind of culmination of it all, I think is maybe similar to how we're supposed to be as the audience, where he's like, I think I feel differently about my mother now, and um, not not the biggest fan of the things that now I know she did and was capable of and stuff, but I also don't think she actually did it and shouldn't be, Mm -hmm. you know, shouldn't go to prison for that kind of thing but there's 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 too many like i said there is a lot of instances where like the evidence is pretty much equally convincing both ways but then there's some where it feels like well, okay that's a bit of a i don't know it's really working overtime in her favor kind of thing if, if she's to be believed right yeah it's like it's oh me- he's the one where it says he uh, he says you cheated on him and he's and she's like oh no it was just once actually and of course he's yeah. not there to really r- round that out right so it's like she's like oh no uh, but it was actually well, it was multiple times. But it was one person that only counted once. Actually, I think you'll find one actually. Or it's like, oh yeah, so you can hear, you can very audibly hear like hits going on in this video or this audio. Um, but that definitely wasn't me hitting him. That was definitely him. Him. He was just punching himself over and over as he was known to do. And it's like, oh, that's convenient. Yeah, very convenient. And sometimes they do make the like prosecutor like cartoonishly stubborn and like. Mm-hmm. kind of drills into her because they're like pulling out her books and they're like what the, fu- the her books she writes fiction you maniacs i agree I, I think i think you're right at times the the per, the uh prosecutor was so unreasonable that it actually strengthened her arguments almost yeah in a way that she probably wasn't deserving of right yeah exactly like they bring that cop in who's like this is how i think it happened she's like the fuck do you know cop you just made up a whole thing you just met me I'm like um uh like the the blood spiral lady, he's like, "Is it impossible?" She goes, "Well, it's improbable." She's like, "So it's so you could it could happen." She's like, "I guess." I, I, what did I just say? You fucking moron. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple parts like that where he really latches onto like the specific wording of it. Or like I mentioned before, but there's the part where she's like, "Yeah, and it's an argument. Like people say things they don't really mean. Like it's an argument. We were upset with each other. Yes, we said we said kind of mean things that aren't." completely ref- reflective of reality like do i have to explain this yeah or like you said the stuff with the books where it's like yeah would come on you, you can't yeah. you can't pick it there's a stephen king reference in there there you go but like i said one of the least con- convincing ones to me is was definitely when you can very clearly very clearly yeah, to me hear them having like a struggle which seems to have both their voice and she's like oh no yeah those those sounds you hear definitely just him punching himself and it's like all right that seems like a that seems like a stretch Especially after she like says she's violent and smashes a plate, it's like you're very. Oh yeah, and then also, and then yeah, that's the that time that was captured on audio was the only time ever in their relationship she struck him at all, and it's like, well, that would 
really wouldn't that be a coincidence right yeah right before he died is the first time he decided to fucking wallop him the first and only yeah time time ever okay if you say so you know there's probably a couple other holes that i'm not thinking of but and then again the thing in that in that argument it's like if you believe everything he says and it's like holy shit she really is kind of a monster right but if you believe everything she says in that you're you are kind of like spines guys yeah he's kind of maybe he's making his own problems and again, you just don't know because we don't have a, we haven't seen all the things throughout their life that they're describing there to know one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. And then especially when because that argument happens, I feel like doesn't happen largely before we have the whole um, maybe before we know about the accident and how he's got the guilt about that, right? I know. I think that's after, isn't? Because the guilt, I think the guilt of the accident comes up pretty early because that's because they covered the cheating because they covered the cheating because of um the the interviewers she brings in she's like you're bisexual right and that means you killed your husband we'd have chip and lie we know you were french but maybe maybe right then i don't know again it's like at times he does seem reasonable but also then when you you do look at it through the angle which is definitely a thing that happens in real life of all like the whole um i'm gonna record this and i know i'm recording and you don't so i can control what i say but you won't control anything you say exactly that's they even say like he might have he probably triggered this argument on purpose to get this reaction out of her. I yeah, that that's the thing that's definitely happened before. Yeah, not that he would know. I guess not that he would have been able to know though. Like this is gonna really come in handy in my <laughs> when my wife murders me. <laughs> I'll be able to reference this. I should do. Maybe I should do a couple of these just to really build the strong case against <laughs> her in case she kills me. Exactly. Because there is parts in that, like I said, in that conversation where it does seem like he's being. On the one hand, it's like, oh man, this man, this guy really might be doing a lot of work, huh? Maybe she's not really chipping in the way she should, and she she feels a little selfish. But then there is stuff where it's like, why is she getting? Why is he getting on her for not speaking French? And she doesn't. They don't speak in German, like she points out. She's like, English yeah, is a compromise. Like the English is a bit of a compromise. That seems to work. What the heck? They are living in France because that's where he's from. That's that seems like a. That does seem like a bit of a, um, you know. Something she's given up to him, kind of thing. So yeah, for sure, that's interesting. Like I said, I, I guess I I did like that angle of that. It leaves so much of it up for interpretation. It really never never explains it one way or the other. Pretty much, like I said, anything because we see all this fight play out, right? And then as soon as the like physical altercation begins, we don't get to see that as the audience anymore. We're just listening to the auto, just like everyone else. So we, we just can't, can't know. know. It seems pretty obvious, I guess. Like I said, I to me it seems a little bit implausible that it's like oh no yeah swears he's he just started punching himself believe it or not um but we can't see it so it could just be true i i do have to wonder though why why did a grown-ass man think that taking a bunch of advil was going to be a successful suicide attempt i don't know just buy a gun like a normal person like i don't want to i don't want to get into any specifics here but i don't think swallowing like 10 advil would kill you I mean, it didn't in the movie either, but yeah, he's got it. She's not in his right mind. And also, he's like in the mountains. There's probably a more. I mean, you're in the. You could just jump off a cliff or something. Surely, if you really. I will say it. the timing of it all seems a bit implausible as well. I must say, like if he did kill himself, he picked a weird time for it, and in a weird circumstance for sure. Like you said, definitely. I wouldn't. I would not think that diving out of my like. Yeah, even a third-story window in your house would be a surefire enough way. Even head first. I'll just, I'll just say that. Yeah, it seems like we. I don't know. So maybe my maybe my opinion has changed. Maybe she did kill him. 
like I said, I, for most of the movie, I was pretty much, like I said, I kind of wanted her to get away with it. And I, and I guess I was wanting the movie to convince me that she didn't do it and or that maybe she was justified in doing it, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, it, the facts of it seem really to suggest it that way. But mm. you know, think it'll win Best Picture? Uh, no, probably not. Any other year, though, maybe. Well, it's not always, always is, Jack. Yeah. Well, at least for this not, year. You've said that for almost all of these, I feel like. I think they're all pretty good. Yeah, but uh, any other year? I mean, there is other good movies. I mean, as, I guess I don't they're not as consistently good, but like last year was Everything Everywhere All at Once. I would still put Everything Everywhere All at Once above most of these, personally. Probably. But just. Then so I don't think it's like any. Then pick the pick the nine worst years you can think of and put the other right. nine in there. Well, then I just think we're getting a little picky, is all you know. That's less so any other year, and you know these nine particular years. But I mean, I think it probably has a better chance than um, past lives, probably because it's more like you know it's more dramatic. I would say so. People, I gotta love those courtroom dramas, mm-hmm. and but maybe more so than French. Things, so I guess, but I'm still. I'm still thinking Oppenheimer personally. Oh, it's got to be right. I just say the question would be fun, but it's. I mean, Oppenheimer is going to sweep. I, I, I hold no doubt about that. I could be. I very well be proven wrong. The Academy. You yeah, know, you never know. Goes crazy, but you know, if it doesn't know. win Best Picture, I will be surprised. Yeah, that's that still has to be my guess ultimately. Yeah, barring anything else, any other awards for Killian and whatever, Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, can I say about Anatomy of a Fall? If we wrap it up right about here. Mm, I don't think so. The sun was good. Right. Yeah, sun was good. Dog was good. <laughs> the dog was good. He, was, he put on a good performance, did he? Oh, dog acting. He really, he really showed that he was dying. Yeah, the tongue out, everything. Like, whoa, jeez. Eyes were all rolled back. I was like, Jesus. See, Christ. you're kind of joking, but I guess that really was a dog actor, huh? Yeah. I mean, that was a real dog. They had to get to do that some hour or another. And he was striking over the summer as well. He was there on the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. We'll we'll go right into the end here. Again, as always, thanks so much for listening. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts every week. You can find us on on social media on Twitter at Architect Jazz, Architect J A Z, on Gmail at ArchitectJazz at Gmail dot com, or on Instagram at the Architect Podcast, all lowercase. Our logo is in my friend the show Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at InkOcean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. And always our intro is in my friend the show. Uh, Joey B. You can find him at Joey B Music on Instagram or at all ca- Joey B. That's all caps Joey B on Spotify. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Take so night to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. And Godspeed.